is the podcast to the show you can listen to or know. Welcome to our Ted Lasso talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. Okay, welcome back, friends. Welcome back, Buttercups. Welcome back, beautiful people from all over the globe. We are here doing a very special episode today, Finale Percolations. It's been a couple days since we've seen the finale, since the, the, the Bible of Ted Lasso was closed for the very last time. Uh, at least, at least in this iteration. And sometimes, you know, things set, settle, takes a couple of days for you to really figure out how you feel about things. Um, and so today we're going to knock, uh, on some of those doors. I am your host, Coach Castleton. With me, as always, is Coach Bishop. I've been listening to the, uh, podcast and, um, I really am exceptional. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. You're not wrong. I just thought I'd steal that line. I just, just thought that was such a, an amazing Deborah. thing to say. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That was so funny to me. Anyway. I mean, you have to be at so one funny. end or, or the other of the spectrum, right? You have to be like a complete narcissist or absolutely without self-awareness of any kind. Because <laughs> if you're anywhere in the middle. Uh, I really am. Yeah. How do you form that sentence anyway? Well, (laughs) uh, on behalf of Boss and I, Coach, you are exceptional. And and the other other, uh, portion of this trifecta is our Boss, Emily Chambers. So what is it when you you just talked about the two ends of the spectrum where either you're a total narcissist or you have no self-awareness? What if you are very, very sure of all of your flaws? You have mapped them out in like minute detail and you still think you're exceptional because i have that and i don't mean to i'm just an asshole yeah no i mean listen there's a place for all of us here in this uh in this tp um boss and uh i remember you saying that you were judging people while shaving your feet so exactly exactly (laughs) and here's the thing i know i shouldn't be doing it and then i still do like I'm, I'm fully aware. I'm just, I don't know. I'm so sorry to everybody who I hang out with. I guess. Yeah, and we're sorry to be with you. Um, <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> um, we uh, today we're going to talk about. Um, we are going to talk about sort of our lingering feelings about the finale. I know uh, it was an emotional lift for so many people. I have spent the last couple days perusing social media so, uh, to, to a degree that I normally feel uncomfortable doing, but I really wanted to see how people were feeling, how, how they were, how it was landing with people. And it's just fascinating. First of all, humans are amazing. Uh, I mean, if you think about like the matrix version of humanity, where they say like humans are a virus, you, you destroy everything. You, yes, that is true. Uh, in, in the duality of of, of, of everything. I'm going to point out that, uh, yes, there, there, there's a dark side of humanity, but you know, you're reading these social media posts, you're reading blogs, you're reading, uh, you, you know, all sorts of, uh, very educated TV reviewer professionals, right? And the thing that strikes me is even in the, when you hear criticism, 
it's because the show came out of the gate so strong and set up a certain expectation. When you hear, I, I have read, oh my God, the, the, um, the so long farewell is cringe. It ruined the show for me. Okay. I heard that, read that. Also heard so long farewell is the greatest scene of television I've ever seen. And it changed my life. I've also heard my, my brother, uh, passed away in 2021 and he introduced me to Ted Lasso and his favorite musical was sound of music. And he would have, this would have been like, I haven't stopped crying for three days. You know, I'm reading every version of this and this is what's amazing about humanity. And, Part of me is like, listen, we all, everyone's searching for something. We're all looking for, this show has given us a means to look. And uh, we get criticism uh, sometimes because uh, in, in certain ways we say, listen, I, I wish this execution had been better in certain parts or certain storylines. I know with the Nate storyline, uh, people got angry with us because, you know, we weren't as into the Nate storyline as they were. That's That's a thing. Sometimes... Uh, I know boss can be critical of, of certain elements of the show because again, she, she had a really high bar for the show. And then to her standard, it completely uh, failed to meet that bar in most situations. It would do it in certain little places, but not episodically. Go ahead, boss. Well, a, a lot with that. Yes. And I shouldn't say it's just my standard. It's not only my standard. It's not like the quality was bad or the writing was thoughtless or those types of things. It was more so it was not playing to me, which I understand. Um, Coach Bishop has in our slacks when I and a couple of the other writers are getting high up on our bitch to complain about stuff. He will come in and say, <laughs> I feel like I watched a different show. And it occurred to me the other day, he probably is. Like his background, yeah. what he is looking for, what resonates with him, the That's stuff that part. works, he is watching a different show because I am picking up on the things that annoyed me and that didn't work for me and that didn't hit right. And so my emotional reaction while I'm watching it is vastly different from his. So the fact that people are reading into this, it's not wrong when somebody says, I really wanted... Ted and Rebecca to get together and I am upset that they didn't. I was not, I didn't see that. That didn't come through for me. So they had an emotional reaction that I didn't and both of them are good and fine and valid. Right. Yes. And coach, I know, wait, coach, I know you're waiting to jump in. I wanted to bring up Ted and Rebecca specifically and let's talk about that um, because there, this does not have to be polarizing. I wish people could come back into the, everyone jump back in the wagon and realize this show was iconic and it changed the face of television in, in certain ways. I'm not saying bosses is going to be hesitant with that, but I know in certain ways, especially if you're a uh, male viewer of a certain age, you have not, we have not seen depictions like this for uh, in series long runs. And what I'll say is, yes, when I look at the Ted Becker truthers, they were dying. Okay, here's the thing about Ted, Ted and Rebecca getting together. There, there. This is what blows my mind about humans. This is like fascinating to me psychologically. There are still people who are like, no, I know they got together. Like, I don't care what the fuck I saw with my own eyes. Believe me, they were in love. They're still trying to prove it after the fact. The show is done, and they're still like tweeting. Here's why the show is wrong about this. Because, and I'm like, okay, listen. This goes back to the Roy Kent speech when he finally learned how to deal with the press. And he says, like, you never know what somebody else is going through. He made a joke about somebody on his team, a teammate, and the man had lost a child and then beat him to a bloody pulp. And we don't know what a Ted Beckett 
truth or your generic average, whatever, whatever the median Ted Becker truther is, might be someone really longing for love or connection or had mom issues or dad issues or has been burned or bullied at school. And I go, okay, that's, I love that you're looking for love. That's beautiful. In this world that is so full of chaos and so full of, it's just spider webs, man. It's, it's, it, it is it is pits of, of danger everywhere you look, and seemingly more and more, which I never thought uh, growing up in the 80s, that I thought we'd have flying cars by now, uh, if you believe any of the movies we watched. Like, what what happened? I don't – anyway. I don't know what happened either. I would like to shout out real quick one of my favorite bands. We were promised jetpacks, which is what every millennial is angry about because we were promised hoverboards and jetpacks, and we didn't get them. Yes. And coach, uh, coach, you are up. I'm, I'm talking too much, but I will say, uh, to, to finish here, I wish people could, instead of drinking the tears of the Ted Brett Becca truthers, which like, you see that, you see all that stuff, right? Oh God, I drink your tears. It's so Cartman esque. And it's like, it's. Listen, let's, let's, we don't need the misandry. We don't need misogyny. We want to be, we are humans and it is human to feel pain. It is, it is very human to be disappointed. If you wanted Keely and Roy to end up together and you were hell bent on seeing it and it didn't happen, that's, then I feel for you. And I think, oh man, like, darn. For, I feel like badly for you that, that, that you didn't get the outcome. I wanted to see Richmond win it all. And in some ways they did, but. Did I get that final uh, thing? No, really but we're all in on this Ted Lasso sort of train. And and now that it's left the station for the last time, I wanted to take some time and after a couple days, see how certain plot lines are lingering, see how certain decisions that the, that the writing staff and the showrunners made and see how they're landing. Okay, thank you, Coach. Sorry for that very long-winded intro. No, no, not not at all. And um, I mean, there, there, there's several pieces to what was just discussed, but I, I'll say fundamentally about Ted Lasso. When I um, when I was applying to uh, USC Film School, which we mentioned that I went to USC Film School, I, I wrote my uh, personal essay, and at the core of it <laughs> was that. <laughs> but at the core of it was my what I regarded as I came here and what in many ways I still regard as my mission, which is to tell stories that move people, that move them to laugh, that move them to cry, to that move them to think. And I would much rather somebody read or see or hear something I've created and absolutely lose their shit and want to hunt me down than for them to have forgotten it a minute later. And so I would say that on a very fundamental artistic level, Ted Lasso is a rousing success because it moves people. What I have not seen from anywhere is I watched Ted Lasso and had no reaction whatsoever. I don't care. It's, I hate it. I'll never watch it again. It's, you know, they fucked it up after the first season. They fucked it up. Oh, no, it was perfect. Every word uttered, every edit made was perfection. There's so, the, 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 the level of emotion, the fact that people are twisting themselves into intellectual knots to talk about the un, um, the unspoken love between 
uh, Ted and Rebecca that still is going to need to be expressed at some point. To me, that is actually all of it. Like, all of it is a testament to uh, a piece of art, a piece of, I would say, great art. And not everyone's going to love it. My understanding is most people who see the Mona Lisa in person think, uh, well, let's go get lunch. Uh, But we all still, (laughs) at some point, want to go see it. Right. So there's something there. There's something there. And um, yeah, so that that's, you know, there's a lot more reaction there. Uh, but in that in that that category, I talked to a couple of people. I, I, I uh, not not you two, not trying to be funny, but to a couple of people, just friends in my family who uh, love the sh- just love Ted Lasso and did not actively did not like the finale. I mean, there was energy. There was like, why they do this? Why they do that? And I, give, even give, then, give I us thought, an example, Coach. Yeah. Give us an example. Well, yeah. Well, they they hated that Jamie and Roy had their regression that way. The fight, the whole deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. A good and call. I and I actually thought of you. I thought of you, boss, because I thought, yeah, I get. But you know, for me, you know, when you said your your point, I thought of this immediately. For me, that really played. Like it really, it really played. Like I bought it. I bought these two guys are are growing, but they're not there. And under the stress of how can we be friends and both feel this like I am destined to be with this same. Like I I bought that these two idiots actually got into a fist fight and would forever know it was a stupid thing to do would agree as they already have that it was stupid to certainly to go over there and tell her about it and then offer her the very generous <laughs> offer of choosing between them oh um God. so yeah i just feel like that's been um that's been yeah i just thought i just found myself going yeah this is all incredibly uh fascinating and then for some people like for daphne the the you know mr gazellic showing up at the airport was like i don't care they're together it's what i wanted yay yippee and my reaction was like how could you do so many things right and then betray me this way right but the fact that i felt betrayed not left cold i think is a a testament to the show as well yes uh yes to everything that you just said i very quickly want to back up. Um, my younger sister and I were texting this weekend and I know she listens to the show. So I am going to just go through this. Um, one of the things I said to her was that I watch like the most heartbreaking parts of stories or like the most heartbreaking shows or whatever else. Not only because I like that and, and am morbid and dark in ways, but also because I really enjoy seeing the worst thing that could possibly happen to you just did. What do we do now? So like, actually show me, show me like you crashed on a desert Island and you are the only doctor. So this is lost. And now we're going to figure out how to set up civilization uh, on a desert Island or robot aliens just nuked every single inhabited planet. And so now you and 50 other people, 50,000 other people 
are on spaceships running from them. And this is Battlestar Galactica and figure out how you set up civilization at the end of the universe. Like, so seeing you're, the messiness. You're in it for the problem solving is what you're saying. I love the problem. Well, not just the problem solving, but also like the human resilience to that. Like mm-hmm. you, or when you are a family on the South side of Chicago and your mom's abandoning you and your dad is a drunk who abuses the shit out of you. Like, what do you do on shameless when that's your life growing up? And how do you improve on that? And how do you I'm get so, out of I'm that? I'm so happy you said shameless. I thought you were talking about your, your own life. Oh my God. Oh my God. No, 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 no. We <laughs> lived in Aurora. That's totally different. <laughs> I love it. That's the distinction. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Not Chicago. We're in the, <laughs> posh, the posh suburb of Aurora. Hello, home of Wayne's World. It's true. Um, and, and no, so honestly, like, seeing people come back from what is supposed to be catastrophic is the thing for me. I love that. So I would love to see, I, I actually didn't mind that Jamie and Roy regressed because they're a work in process and, you know, like you need to sometimes have a step back to move forward. Um, I think that it wasn't quite fitting with the rest of the characters on the show seemingly not doing that. It felt like at the end, everything was too wrapped up and too neat and not messy enough for me. So I I would have been Which- fine if they'd done more of that i then at least it would have said like the show was saying everybody's not going to be perfect for for every for every response like that uh boss where we heard uh oh everything is so wrapped up jesus christ why not put a bow on everything i also heard i can't believe they left everything this open-ended i have no resolutions to main story they say i don't know what's happening with ted is he with michelle i didn't see dr jake at the game like dr jake was it was an ass hat during the the final, did, did Michelle finally give up on him? Ted went back to his, his, uh, you know, ancestral home there with the ki- with, with Henry and Michelle. Like, is he back with Michelle? I, I can't believe it. Uh, like, they're going to give me closure. I mean, let's, let's talk about one of the big, one of the big, uh, things that everybody says. Uh, not everybody, but I've heard this one, this refrain a lot. Um, a, was it, a, was it a dream sequence when Cat Steven was playing? Was that whole thing a dream sequence? So, Including the the beard wedding felt like a dream sequence because of the terrible CG, but um, wasn't there a point at some? This is this is something for a rewatch in season two. Didn't when it was like, where would you propose when Ted was doing? Oh wait, no, that was this season, wasn't it? It was the earlier yeah. this season. Michelle was going to Paris. We'll Paris, never have Paris. Yeah. yeah, and it was like where would you, and and Beard was like Stonehenge or something like that. Wasn't Beard's anyway? I think that's what was that that callback makes sense. But anyway. Was the entire Cat Stevens, um, the the montage un, under father and son, uh, Re- Rebecca meeting the Gazellic man, uh, Trent signing autographs for Shannon, KBPR, Roy Kent taking over, and then having therapy with Dr. Field. Is that all in Ted's dream on his way back on the plane? Is that his expectation for everybody? Or is this actually what happened? And then as part of the... Um, because people will say, rightly, people will say, there is no way in hell Roy is Beard's best man. Uh, you know, t- Ted would move heaven and earth to be at, at Beard's wedding. So no one believes that, t- that Ted would not be at Beard's wedding. But if it's a dream, you don't tend to show your- see yourself in dreams. And therefore, that makes sense. But, but if you step back further, is, is the Beard and Jane Payne wedding really <laughs> the relationship we wanted to get closure on? Uh, I mean, people are uh, lamenting the fact, yeah, coach wants to jump in. But first of all, I'll say 
we barely saw that relationship in the, compared to other relationships. That's the first thing. Secondly, Jane uh, has been shown to be legitimately abusive, like abusive. She she stalks Keely. She, she t- cutting up someone's passport is not an act of romantic. Uh, it's not a romantic uh, overture. That is not cool. Um, so. Is this what we want for Beard? Is this the thing? And then that being the one choice of relationship being, uh, you know, sort of tied up feels like, boy, that is a very strange choice. And so again, this is not my, my take. This is what I'm, uh, intuiting from, um, sort of perusing, uh, thousands and thousands of, uh, articles and emails and texts and all kinds of things that we've had since, since the final, uh, since the finale. Um, coach, jump on in. So, God, so many things. I'm going to go to the Beard and Jane thing first. Um, Someone, uh, there was a tweet where someone essentially said, if you flip the genders and a woman character had a a man uh, behaving sort of identically to what Jane was, you know, there's no way we'd play it for laughs. There's no way. And, And I agree with that. I get it. Um, on some level, though, I would say, and this is a com- this is a point I've made when doing DEI work. Yeah, it's different. Sorry, like, yeah, I get it. I get that. Whatever. But the bottom line is, if we're even on this podcast, if the next five times I spoke, boss cut me off, it might be no, no, really, it would be like, oh, okay, like you know, okay, like settle down, boss. But it wouldn't be like. Oh my God, what's the story with boss, you know, man hating, you know, blah, blah, blah. But if I, I'm uh, diversity, uh, equity and inclusion for, for, for those who, uh, are uninitiated. Uh, I'm, I'm the, I'm the person who shows up when your boss tells you you have to go to the meeting and everybody grumbles and says, and says, we all get along here. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> except for that no, bitch I, Janice. Exactly, exactly. But but if I cut boss off five times, I bet we'd get a gang of email. I get, I bet we would going like, whoa, like, hey, let the woman talk. Like, what's the matter with you? And it may seem like, well, it's the same behavior, but it's not the it's not the same because everything we do exists in a social and and cultural context. And although Jane is at the extreme, so maybe she could actually do some, like, I, I don't, I at no point actually thought, like, at the top of next episode, Beard's gonna be dead. Like, he's gonna find Beard dead somewhere. And so, because I never felt that, it's, it's different, even when she shreds his passport. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. For me, I get what people are saying, and I agree with it, and I think we have to be honest about the, the, the context in which we're saying it. Now, the, for me, their baggage really does line up. And I yes. and I, I used to say all the time, like, we're all crazy. Just find somebody who's about as crazy as you are and make the shit work. And there's part of me that does sort of feel that way. <laughs> like, there's, a, there's part of me that thinks, like, if you, can, if you can find a hat for your crazy head, then, you know, go for it, kids. And if at the end of the day, you're two people who, you know, would stay at a friend's house and have wild enough sex that you both come in and comment on the noise and then have to go sprinting after the uh, house cleaner to, to, to make sure she doesn't get rid of your uh, precious ropes. 
Maybe y'all do belong together. I mean, the, our other option is y'all might end up with other people and then they're going to have to deal with this shit. Like, we might be better off. Like, you no, two no, just it, do this. It really is a good It really is a good point. Go ahead, boss. Yeah. I mean, I have issues with Beard and Jane's relationship, even though I loved them together in Beard After Hours. And I have a whole thing on that that we still need to get to. Um, I will mention uh, Donald Glover's joke about this, which is... Uh, you hear stories, men telling stories about their crazy ex-girlfriends and all the funny, sh- crazy shit that they did. Like they, it, you know, came, showed up at the house or wherever or called work or did something weird. But that not a lot of women have crazy ex-boyfriend stories because not all of them make it out alive when they have a crazy ex. And like, that's See? very real and also very true. Like, things are a little Jesus bit different. Christ. That is terrifying. I know. That's it's terrifying. It's dark as shit, man. Isn't it's it? But it's, you know, like, sorry. But also, it's Donald Glover, so when he said it, it was fucking hilarious because I love right. it. Um, well, well, listen. Listen, hold on. Before we move on, that's a very serious thing, and I don't want to gloss over it. And, no, and definitely. And oh, I, I don't want to make sure we're not – we don't want to whistle past the graveyard on, on – domestic abuse or violence or i mean when people are in danger that is that is i mean i i was i had trauma during the pandemic only you know jesus i still have trauma from the pandemic but i remember sitting home with juliana and being like think about the kids who are being abused at home and they can't get to school just think like how can we send them a lifeline like we know they're out there think about the kids Mm -hmm. who the only place they ate was at school you know think about Think about a wife who was just about to get about to make have the courage to get away from her abuser, and the pandemic hit, and and then she. Now where are you going? You know what I'm saying? And so you go, Mm -hmm. uh, and and it's not. I don't want to. I don't want to gloss. It's not always wives doing the abuse, being abused by the husband. Sometimes the husband being abused by the wife, and uh, you know it's very easy to do these binary things. But we try to be funny, and we try to joke around, and we try to say, uh, we try to keep it light. But I don't want to gloss over something that important, and that that is uh, one of the great black marks on humanity mm-hmm. to this day. In a modern society, this shouldn't be happening. And we're not only are we failing the people that need the help, but we're failing the we're failing the abusers in that we never gave them a code of ethics, and we didn't teach them, we didn't give them the right instruction, we didn't we didn't give them the right chem- uh, meds for their brain chemistry, whatever it is. So many people are falling through the cracks and so many people seem content to go, it's not my fucking problem. Like this is, this is another thing where, and then let's get back to Ted Lasso. When anyone jokes about like prison rape, I get crazy because I'm like, this is not funny. I don't know what the fuck people think is funny. This is not, no, funny. it's not funny. I, I just don't, oh, don't bend over for the soap. I'm yeah, like, I've got, I think, I think you were the person who got me on that. Yeah. I'm like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. I can't take it. I'm like, yeah. are you out of your mind? Like yeah, think about right. what you're actually saying. So again, uh, sorry, I don't want to be a downer, and I don't, I don't want to ruin the episode. But I also think uh, we are trying as best we can to put light in the world, and uh, our hearts are with the people because I'm sure if you look at the numbers of our listeners, there are people out there who have experienced this and continue to experience it. And if you have nowhere else to go, come to us, and we'll try to help at least on our side, whatever we can do. But I, I hate when people feel the coach. What's worse than feeling sad? Sad and alone. That's it. So those people, you have to know you are not alone. And then I, 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 I give the floor back to the to the good senator from. Uh, 
oh, God help me if I ever become a senator. God help everybody if I ever become a senator. Um, and yes, thank you specifically for calling that out because it, it, especially during pandemic, I understand that everyone was having such a hard time that we wanted lightness and good and funny, easy stuff because life itself was really hard. Um, I don't want the idea to be that acknowledging bad things is somehow mean or bad. It's not like it sucks. It sucks that we don't deal with it better. But when somebody's like, oh, they made the show mean, I'm like, well, sometimes life is a little bit mean. Like I don't, we cannot ignore it to the point where we are being dishonest about what life actually is like. Um, and, and that's one of the things that makes me fucking furious. I'm like, we're not going to ignore the bad things that are happening to actual people because you don't want to think about it. Like, we're going to fucking deal with it. You're saying this systemically as a criticism of the overall yes. show, right? But I just want to be clear for people who are listening. So one of the one of the criticisms I think you're you're saying about the overall show is everybody had a redemption arc. I know that James senior redemption arc really made you go come on like like let come one person on. right you just didn't buy it you're like in any even in and i and i defended it by saying hey this is a picture of a little microcosm and we're just getting a glimpse into a world that where ted lasso exists a, a ted lasso in this case it is the ted lasso but we're, we're all we all have ted lassos of of a sort in our own lives and sometimes it's us um and so in that case you know, would say, okay, in this world where Ted Lasso exists and the and the ripples go out from the pond, is it is it conceivable that uh, James Senior could eventually have ended up in rehab and also had a redemption arc? And people like me would buy it, and people like you wouldn't buy it, boss. And and that's again, this is fine. I I want to say this is part of staying curious and not judgmental. It's okay in 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 boss's worldview. Uh, that that's not likely. That uh, didn't have the that didn't smack of uh of truth to her and that's okay that's okay that's not a reason for us to get in a fight <laughs> like uh, nor is who slept with keely last for what it's worth um but uh these are the things where i'm saying as we're reviewing as we're looking back on the episode it's a, it's okay to have differing opinions some people said the finale was exactly what coach said i loved the show it was my favorite show ever i hated the finale some people said is my favorite show ever, and the finale was the best finale I've ever seen. I've seen professional TV writers uh, on, on major publications saying that was almost a perfect finale. As, as finales goes, top top five of all time. And then I've seen people seen people who write uh, as absolutely travesty, and they totally destroyed their legacy by wrapping it up with all this bullshit niceness and singing elves and this is the horse shit and and people know what horse shit smells like and tastes like which is why you're getting pushed back for the horse shit so again to me that's not how it felt to boss it may have felt differently to coach coach who defends the show at all costs says i do not buy gazelle man comment yeah look at look at and coach that you don't make that feelings. noise you don't make that noise with this show no, no. that's but the first. that really that i mean that really all right Actively, I, I I said on the rapid response, uh, aka rapid reaction. I uh, know, but the, on the rapid response show, <laughs> whatever. Who gives a yeah, shit, coach? Jesus, we made it up. We can change the rules. The, God damn it! The spitback episode. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, it's it's interesting that you bring up that particular example because again, and I do think I do think uh, Ted Lasso 
even in the reactions gets graded on a, a sort of curve. And I, I, I've shared, I think I've shared, but if not, my, my mom, wonderful woman, my late mom, uh, and, and may, but she was tough and I wouldn't have made it where I made it. And I wouldn't have ended up at a place like Yale or God knows where, if not for how tough my mom is. And quickly, I, I tell this story to kind of, uh, give a little bit of a framing around how my mother taught, uh, treated academics in my house. When I was learning my uh, multiplication tables, I guess I was like third grade, maybe fourth grade, whatever. Um, my mother would serve, you know, uh, food onto the plate, you know, and then we'd take the plate and go. And she would have my plate of food in her hand and then go five times seven. And if I got it wrong, I didn't get hand in my plate. Shit. And I had to, <laughs> like, until I said shit. 35, I was a hungry motherfucker. Let me tell you, you learned the shit out of your times tables. Wow. You learn those motherfuckers, boy. Wow. You will know your, if, if you literally are like, you won't eat. You will not eat. What is four times eight? And you better say 32 or you're not getting this plate. Good luck to you. Coach, was, so it, was it always it. math out of curiosity? Was it always math or was it like, what's the capital of Romania? That that particular piece was, but it was, I mean, my mom was really tough around, you know, academic achievement and she, you know, that's how she got to the United States. So this was all very much like, you know, it, it was, it was real to her. Like a scholarship is how she got out of Panama to the United States and like laid her entire foundation. But I, I say all that because my mother would get my grades and invariably, like I've discussed it over a lot of time in therapy would only comment on the worst grade. Only. Like, it wasn't like first or most. Only. And I feel like Ted Lasso is so good in so many ways that it makes it possible to say, what the hell's the story with that B-minus joke? Whereas so many shows are shitty that either the B minus joke mm, fits mm-hmm, right in mm-hmm. or the B minus joke is like, oh, what a breath of fresh air from the usual dreck I get out of this shit. And I, I, I do think there's a bit of that. Now, I'm not taking away from people who didn't like it. That's fine. But I do think a lot of the criticism feel, like has a, a bit of that vibe to me. Um has a bit of that vibe to me. I don't get the sense that people, even the people who are mad at it, who f- feel it derailed. I've, it's, I've, maybe I've heard one or two people total say like, it's shit and it was always shit. Now, I, I just, I think most people feel like, no, I love this part and this part, but why they fuck it up with that part? I wanted more Jane. Why they give me fucking Jack? I don't give a shit about Jack. I want it, but it's not the, su- the show just sucks. Yeah, I, I think we said this in another episode. If it's binary and people go, oh, this show sucks. Like, okay, fine. Like, I, I don't really want to, I'm not going to mix it up with, with, with that sort of take. Um, but yeah, listen, there are things, uh, before we forget, I want to, uh, I, in the middle of all this, in the middle of all, <laughs> in the middle of all everyone's huge, you know, emotional reactions, I wanted to post something dumb. Like, okay, what's a take that no one has? Like, Rebecca's horse, where is it? You know, like, like, did she buy the horse? She saw the man about like, I'm like, how That's come we didn't right. have closure on the horse? Like, I'm like saying there's so many things where you go, all right, just, you know, just take a, we didn't, 
someone was allergic to hummus, I thought they were gonna. I thought Shandy was gonna poison Zava with hummus, and never got a closure on that. And I, I don't know what I'll what I'll do with that. Still, never got the show first name. Um, we we I want to mention before we continue, there were a couple of things that we found out since the finale that we didn't mention on the rapid response. One was that the the actor who played uh, little Rebecca, boss, you you looked into this, right? The actor who played child Rebecca was also the actor who played Gazelle's daughter. I did. I checked it last night. It's um, hysterically enough. Her name is Susanna Redhead, which I love because Yay. I am currently a redhead. That's great. Um, yes, it, apparently she did play both of those roles, which is a nice callback. Um, and then there was one other one that I needed to check into. Oh, uh, the um, woman at the, the beginning Royal... of Mom City. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. She was the one who bid on Roy in season one at the gala, uh, who walked past Ted and said, if it's not rough, it's not fun or something. I, I'm not sure right. if that was exactly it, but yes. When he was um, walking down the like the little road yes. outside his flag, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. was there in the morning. We had seen her before, but she did. She was the one that bit on Jamie when they were joking and saying that he was going to have to perform. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, once upon a time, season one, they were like, oh, you're going to have to have sex with this lady. Like, we nobody got up in arms about – for some reason, no one was like, this is – uh, obtuse or, or gross or misogynistic. No, it was just like good, clean fun for some reason. And then when the show gets a certain level of, uh, like, I guess like becomes iconic. Now everyone's got their microscopes out. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, there, there are a few other things I want to mention. Um, one of the things, uh, uh, was that the, we asked about the picture, that uh, Roy was posting in his office. And and I was like, oh, it's got tape over the nipples. Was that a Ted thing? No, no. It was Phoebe's, the picture that uh, Miss Bowen would not let Phoebe bring to the art show, right? Or display on the art show, the charcoal drawing. And uh, we had people uh, contact us on Twitter and via email to let us know that was a Phoebe, Phoebe picture. And then I think Roy put a, Ted, Ted-esque. Yes, table. I thought that was, it was like, yeah, it, he took this thing from his life, but he he sort of, uh, te- he, he tedded it up. So I thought that was, I thought that was fun. Uh, as an aside, as long as everybody's saying their wishes for everybody, I'm like, Roy, let me say something. That uh, that Miss Bowen, she's a full grown woman. If I was you, I, I you, like you. Fucked up, you fucked up, you fucked up the Keeley thing, and I hear you. But that's a full grown woman. You need to give her a call. That just, that's all I'm saying. That is a that's not a bad place to land as as they go. No, yeah, no, no. <laughs> that that yes, and of course we're not. We're <laughs> I love it. I love that coach is like, hmm. I'm pretty sure that was hella sexist, and I don't want to be a party to it. How do I do this? How do I get out of here? No, is there I, a way out? <laughs> no. Listen, we're just saying, in and of herself, Miss Bowen is a delightful character, and has no has seriously, she's, yeah, she's and, and 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 here's another thing: uh, the, you go back to the interaction with Miss Bowen, like uh, Coach Kent, you can't swear at the kids, or you can't whatever, you know, like there was that whole thing, and and whatever the dynamic was there when he was coaching the the girls' team, only if you fucking mean it. When she's like, you know, they're little girl, you got to tell them it was an honor. He said, it was an honor coaching you. Hope to see you back next year. Um, so yes, there was a lot with Miss Bowen that low key, 
sometimes on this show, the writing is so goddamn good that little tiny interactions make you all of a sudden explode. Like that one scene with Bex and Rebecca, and all of a sudden, every one of us wants a Bex Rebecca buddy cop movie because we're like, right, right, right. right. Miss Bowen and Roy, just whatever for whatever reason, had right. chemistry, and chemistry is one of those things when you make a. Uh, what did I watch the other day? The Ghosted was, was Anna de Armas and and uh, Chris uh, Evans. Zero chemistry, like zero. Oh, really? Like, I haven't bro- watched brother it yet. That's sister chemistry. Yeah, like like oh, like. Really? Oh, maybe oh, we're too bad. Well, you know what I'm saying. You just go, okay. Then yeah. you can't factor that in. At some point, the director has to go, ah, yeah, yeah, and try to try to you know cheat it. But right, right. In this show, sometimes the writing was so goddamn good. Um, how does Babs end up being one of like people's favorite? Car- uh, people love Babs now. On the way out the She's door, magnificent. <laughs> oh my god, so goddamn funny. Oh. I love it. I love it. You never saw that coming. Um, so I would like to mention that if you were disappointed in the chemistry in Ghosted, you might want to try the chemistry in Ghosted, the TV show with Adam Scott and Craig Robinson, because their chemistry is phenomenal. One season on Fox, they played Supernatural Ghost Hunters. It was amazing. Everybody should go check it out. Oh, my God. Really? I don't even oh, yeah, remember yeah. that existing so okay exactly yeah there's all these shows that during pandemic i went back and i was like oh holy shit great news you had two phenomenal seasons i'm gonna rewatch you like just one-off little sitcoms huh. but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well i i want to see i think uh we got to get back on track here but i i wonder if it's possible for another human being to not have chemistry with craig robinson i would love to put craig robinson in a room oh. and have people oh. try to defy his natural charm it's, and he is so beautiful i i i, I just want to yeah. live eternally like sitting on his shoulder and dying of laughter because he is a goddamn beaut i mean I, I i i was who i was and he was who he was so i'm not pretending like craig robinson and i are you know freaking pen pals or something here but um i i have met him and he is what he is what you see like he like you you meet him you feel like you feel like you're gonna be pen pals. I mean he's just so cool and funny and like not the fake Hollywood version. Like that's just who he is. Like I would guess that in his lifetime there may be a handful of people who would have like much bad to say about. Him. He just is. He's everything that comes across on the screen. So Coach has met Craig Robinson. And I've met Pablo Schreiber. So what's up now, boss? How you feeling? Feeling good? Oh, I, I haven't. I haven't met anyone. I yeah, went no. to. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you do, right you here, do reference. You I'm do reference right re- here. You reference really obscure Chicagoland bands that we have never heard of. So that is your that is a claim to fame that you you have. We do not have sort of that sort of kind of. Oh, you know what? Actually, um, uh, Stanya Kadic, Kadic, she was on uh, Castle, the female lead on Castle with yes. Nathan Fillion. Yes, yes, she. Went to my high school. I did not know her because she was a few years older. But her younger brothers did invite me to a house party, and I threw up in her bathroom one time. So how about that? Aww. What's up now? Hmm? And here, and, here, and everybody up? says so you don't you have feel good stories. Yeah, That's exactly. <laughs> <I see. laughs> also, sorry, I've never been anywhere. 
I have yeah, vomited on, in more places. <laughs> I, you have no idea where I vomited. Um, also, I would like to mention about Craig Robinson. He was on uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz, which is exactly what they say. And yes, this is the whitest I've ever been. He was talking about how before he got into acting, he was actually a music teacher. And so now some of his former students reach out to him on Facebook or social media, whatever else, say, Mr. Robinson, you changed my life. You made me care about music so much. You made me want to become a teacher. You wanted me, you made me want to get into music. And Mr. Robinson, thank you so much for what you did. And he said, and I say back to them, kids, I'm not your teacher anymore. Please don't contact me. And I laughed so hard. That I is phenomenal. That is, that is your, your, your brand of humor. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. He can just get He's away. He's like whispering sweet nothings to boss. He's like, yeah, mm, seriously. You like that, don't you? You like that, don't you? I really do. I think he's great. <laughs> this is That's the design of the show. My favorite thing, he's done so many good things, but there was this tiny little thing where he was on a late night show. I think it was Jimmy Fallon back when I used to watch Jimmy Fallon. Um, and, uh, uh, he did this thing where he was, um, he went to a piano and he was doing a sing along with the audience. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And they clapped their hands. And, he, and he's, he was doing this, like swaying back and forth, big smile on his face. And then he didn't give them the cue on one of knowing what would happen. And then it was supposed to be stomp your feet and they did, they said it wrong. And he started hammering the thing and he goes, it's stomp your feet, you motherfucker. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to find the clip of it because it was so good. Jimmy Fallon was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, what, 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 like what? Like he had no idea that he had done something wrong. I, oh, I'm like so few people can get away with that type of humor. Uh, but he's so it, it's good the at best. it. Yeah. It's the, oh, God. God, he is a jewel. He is a jewel. Why are we talking about him? This was Once Upon a Time a Ted Lasso podcast, Coach. Before you bring up all the people you hobnob with at the Laugh Factory, you fucking name dropper. Definitely that wasn't my fault. Anybody else you want to brag about? Yale and USC and Craig Robinson today, Coach? Is this is this narcissism day? You're you're muted, Coach. Your microphone is not on. I'm a professional. Uh, no, I, uh, I, I was going to say, aside from the two of you, you know, so I'm always trying to like find something that impressive to say. I hang out with coach and boss, like people just slack jawed, like they don't even react. They just, they can't believe it. Um, I, coming back to the, uh, the show we're theoretically uh, discussing, um, another piece in terms of people like the reactions from, from folks. And, and even I'm finding my reaction to it because I think it emotionally impacted people in a range of ways. I think we're also seeing that in the goodbye. And I know coach might've been text. It might've been Slack. We're all over the place communicating, but you mentioned that when things end, people really, and, and it's interesting. Daphne made that exact point. She said that we're watching people and they're, wildly varied ways of dealing with and not dealing with goodbye. Everything from there's definitely going to be a fourth season and here's my treatise on why to the entire show was a dream and they haven't even gotten to England yet. Like, you know, so I think everyone's processing it and I'll share that for, I I, I shared that, uh, you know, I've got a couple 18 year olds now. So, you know, the empty nest thoughts and all that and, and people make jokes about it and what have you. 
And a, a friend of mine uh, commented, he has a, a younger daughter now, and he he commented that you can't wait. You you you're working to raise your kids to 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 be strong and go out into the world, and you just don't want them to grow up. And I was like, wow, that's exactly right. And I can tell you that the finale is the only episode of Ted Lasso I watched once. Oh, because you can't do it again. I think oh. the second time is going to be. You are. Adorable. I think that's going to be the you time are, that God, like sweet, wipes man. me out. Well, that's what happened I, to me. No, no shit. Yeah, Actually, that I, I watched yeah. it. To, watched it at God knows. Watched it till one thirty in the morning here in the East. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm in Boston. Coaches in Los Angeles. Bosses in Chicago. Um, and I waited up uh, to watch it when it dropped and did not have the emotional response. The next morning, when I was doing the show doc. I was, I told you my son came down and I was like, had my head in my hands and he was like, what is going on? Like, so, but yeah, I think yeah. you're, I think you're in for, uh, you're, you're in for yeah. some heartache on that second watch through. Um, but yeah, listen, this is the thing. I'm a parent uh, of autistic children and you get very well trained in noticing because you're going to, you're going to go talk to your developmental pediatrician and you're, you're going to say, Hey, I've been noticing these behaviors and they're going to say, when do you notice them? And you go, shit. I have ADHD and I didn't think about that. And I don't know. I'll come back. I don't know. Sometimes. <laughs> so you get very good at noticing, okay, when, when does this happen? And things that I swear to God, humans do not. It's, it's so fascinating. The skill sets you get fr from different experiences in your life. I didn't have this skill when I, before I had children of my own, but I notice, oh my God, people freak out around transitions, just transitions. And, it, oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, right. And you just go, if you don't know it and you haven't experienced it, you know, whatever. And this is a huge transition. This is a transition from a trusted uh, slice of sanity, right? Like an entertainment product that feels like family and talks to you in a way that other shows typically haven't talked to you. That brings people comfort in a, in a very discomforting world. And then that stops. So you go, okay, that's right. That that's this is a transition, and people are they're going to handle that differently. And again, I think we need to have compassion, and we try to try to be curious about what that means for them, what that means for us, what that means for the show, what that means. Don't think also that the people who worked on the show aren't going through that, and the people who created the show, and uh, you think about the showrunners and people who have poured their their lifeblood into making what I think is a masterpiece. Man, they're probably. Just, just just contending with that on an yeah. higher, even higher level. So uh, it's really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the casts and crews posting on social media about it has indicated that. And I think that that's a really good point. Like um, things that I didn't realize. Uh, one of my closest friends who I've been friends with since we were 18 and seniors in high school, um, our senior year, we both were like, I am so ready to get the fuck out. I am done with this high school. I am very close to being done with this entire town. Like we need to fucking roll. And at graduation, I was like surprisingly emotional because it is a transition. And because even when you are ready to leave, it is hard. Um, so I think that that's a really great point. A couple of other points that I want to bring up is number one, somehow I have a construction truck in my apartment. It fucking sounds like. So <laughs> if anybody picks that up, my apologies. It hasn't been that bad. <laughs> Good. I, I, I can't even see where it is. I think they're just pumping the noise in at this point for fun. That's funny. 
Um, I think uh, just a quick couple of other things in terms of reactions to the show. Uh, number one, and I think I've said number one three times now, so whatever number we're on, uh, one of them is for the Ted Becca truthers, who I didn't see it, but this is where you are, and I appreciate that. I We haven't talked about it yet because I missed that rapid reaction, but I hate that they said that Beard went to prison. I loathe it. <gasps> I still believe it is not true. If you asked me if Willis Beard, which I also don't buy as his name, if he had been to prison, I'd be like, absolutely not. That's completely wrong with the character. I don't buy it. So I want to acknowledge that there is ownership of a show that the audience feels it has, even though we aren't the showrunners. We're like, no, listen, let me let me tell you something, Brendan Hunt, who came up with this idea and created the character. I know better than you that he never would have gone to prison. Okay, but I kind I of love that because in. that means We're, you got motivated. You got you got yes, so yes. people. This is the whole thing, uh, Coach. I'm going to let you jump in, but I, one of the things I wanted to point out: somebody on our on our internal Slack and our uh, for our blog was posted this litany of of she watched it late late, late night last night in, on West Coast time, and I woke up to to just her. <laughs> thoughts and she's a god she's so she's so funny it hurts it hurts the the things that she noticed but at the end she has enough self-awareness to go you know and she was making fun of the show quite a bit because that's she comes at everything through comedy but she also said i'm kind of it was kind of cheesy but i'm really gonna miss these assholes or whatever and i was like oh thank you yes because you know them because you feel like at the very least i know what a keely is i know what a uh ted lasso is i know what a uh trent Kremit, you know, like these iconic characters that were built and some of them are archetypal and some of them are just weirdos that uh, we fell, fell in love with. I'm going to miss Richard. I'm going to miss Bumbercatch. I'm going to miss Simi. So uh, anyway, sorry, Coach. I, I, I didn't mean to step on you there. Um, please, uh, please oh. continue. No, no, no. I, well, yes, to, to, to the, your reaction to what was said and what was said, I definitely uh, want to end what I'm about to say with Tell me more about the prison theory, um, because you definitely have thought <laughs> more, more, more in depth about beer than I have. And because I did, I bought it, but I am very curious as to why you had that uh, strong reaction to it. <clears throat> Sorry, but I think part of what I did like, and I, I as I was going through the third, third season, you know, I was total everything and every, and how much I love that. I felt like the show was total life. Like I kept kind of coming back to that basic idea and that there's some pieces. So like that it felt wrapped up, but also like loose ends that Keely and Roy, that was the thing I, you asked on the show, what's the thing you, I was like, they can lose. Like if, if the writers came to me and were like, you can have a championship or Keely and Roy can be together. I would have chosen Keely and Roy being together. But you know what? I can think of specifically of two friends of mine who were a couple, and they are no longer a couple. They are both happily married with children to other people. They're fine. They're friends. And there's still a little part of me that's like, but why didn't you guys end up together? And it's ridiculous. Like, I like their spouses. I like their kids. Like, it's not, it's just, and so I think even that piece, like how we react to, to, to that, like, I was like, I can't believe you took that from me. I can't believe you took Keely and Roy from me. But what do you mean, took it from you? Like, yes. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's an interesting, uh, yeah, that, that energy, that energy around it. But yeah, I definitely, if I could have chosen one thing, 
I would have had Keely and Roy end up together. Like that was that was very sad for me. Yeah, no, and I can imagine that. I um, it, it, so I'm gonna get to the beer thing in one second. I also want to mention that over the weekend, I tweeted essentially that "be curious, not judgmental" is only really applicable to when you are first encountering a thing. I feel like after a certain point, you have the information. Form a fucking opinion. Like you can't be curious forever. At some point, you're going to need to make a decision on something or make a, a judgment. It, being judgmental might be an issue, but eventually, you do need to form a judgment. So I think that this is part of what we're dealing with in the show, and it not lining up exactly with what we wanted. And fair criticism is fair. That's that's what it means. Like if I said. Jason Sudeikis was mean to my friend one time. So I think his show is bullshit. That's not a fair criticism. I might not like it because I have a personal thing against Jason Sudeikis, but I can't say his show is bad because I have a weird thing with him. Uh, So doing a level of fair criticism and saying this didn't work out for me and acknowledging also this didn't work out for me. And also this was a thing that I wanted. Like there are a lot of different ways of coming at this. Um, Mm -hmm. To the point that I'll say, back to what you said about Beard and Jane, and if the genders had been reversed, what that means and how that would read differently. Um, I think also a really fair point is Beard seems incredibly into a lot of what is going on. Yes. So, like, yeah, their relationship is really weird. And Jane does some shit that gives me mm-hmm. pause that I do not care for. That you don't throw somebody's keys into a river. I think it's still a good idea. You don't shred somebody's mm-hmm. passport. I think it's still a good idea. However, mm-hmm. we know that he really does care for her and loves her and wants to stay with her. And that he's into a lot of the, are you cheating on me? Yes, with you. Like, he's into it. He's super into that. I think... If people didn't know me and my boyfriend and they saw him being mean to me, they might think he's an abusive jerk. But if you know me and you know that I want him to be mean to me and nice to the waitress, that's how things go. Um, So I am trying to keep an open mind on a lot of these things, even when they aren't the thing that I want them to be. To wit, I do not believe that Beard would have gone to jail. I do not believe that Ted would have rescued him from going to jail again. I think that both of them saw in each other something that made them kind of weirdos and that they responded to each other in that way that they met in college. Maybe they did help each other out at some point, not to the degree that I think they went to, but they saw, but like they just recognized something in each other and then they were friends and that's it. They both knew that they were sort of weirdo loners and attracted them. And that was it. They were both backup kicker and backup punter. Yeah, that's a really weird. I played kicker. That's a so very specific. I was a yeah. highly recruited soccer player um, in high school until uh, I really t- I tore up the ligaments in my right ankle, and then they never healed right. And so my senior year, uh, I left varsity soccer <laughs> because I had a terrible coach who was a drill sergeant, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go kick for the football team. All my friends were football players. I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna like, I don't care. That wasn't a popular. Uh, choice with the soccer team, but I also was like, you know what? Like, I want to experience what this feels like, and I can tell you, like, the kicker is just a really weird position <laughs> to to sort of like you just come like sort of yeah, an outsider. Also, 
yes, in, in, in the, at the risk of homogenizing everything, um, I just want to say, uh, you know, I love when people say, like, keep Portland weird, uh, you know, keep, keep mm-hmm, Austin mm-hmm. weird. I love places mm-hmm. where they say, keep something weird. Um, and for Beard and Jane, for us, it looks like abuse that she shreds his, his passport. For Beard, it could be the romant- most romantic thing he's ever seen in his life. And if it works, and it seems to be. Right. And so you go, okay, like, who am I to judge? Yeah, I, I I think that's really important. That it, yeah, who who am I to judge? Now, if you know he if he's telling us like you know she kicked me in the temple, you know then okay, like but but yeah, I think a passport can be replaced. Strikes me as a little crazy. You know, I would I don't I'm not, it's not something I'd be interested in. But yeah, I mean I think you're right that you know sometimes, however folks get down, my um. My uh, reverend growing up, I don't, I don't go to church now, uh, but my uh, reverend growing up once said to me, once the door closes, you don't know what goes on in relationships. And oh, I was God, like, yeah. wow, yeah. what yeah. a, you know, like, but just a very clear, you know what I mean? You, you think you get it. And this is, you have no idea what the dynamics might be with this, with that. And yeah, I totally got the sense. I mean, you're talking about a couple that once, one said they were going to jump off a cliff and the other said, I would go race to the bottom so you could land on me. Like they are not, this is not Shakespearean sonnet stuff. Yeah. Like they're doing a different thing. And yeah, that, I guess, you know, that's gotta be okay. Cause it's okay with them. Well, and one of the things that struck me that I'm not sure I've seen mentioned anywhere else, but it was a little bit weird for me that Jade got Nate fired from his job because she was sure that he needed to go back to coaching. There is a part of me that did think like, well, if those genders were reversed, that would be weird. Mm. But if somebody's husband went to their place of business and said like, you have to fire them, that, that'd be a little bit weird too. So I don't know. It, it's interesting, interesting to me what people picked up on and what they didn't and what seemed like, you know, what tingled my spidey senses and what didn't. Yeah. You know, I, I'm really glad you pointed that because I did not have actually i liked her more after that and that's really you're you're 100 percent correct if if rebecca told the story that you know oh when i was a bartender rupert went to my boss and got me fired so yes. that i could do, do this other thing that he believed was my mission in life we'd be like what a controlling asshole you know what i mean it's it's you're right yeah you're dead right yeah and i think that that's when it becomes important to distinguish between how people would behave in real life and how we would respond to that and what we believe the showrunners are intentionally making choices on yes, and yes. tending to show us. Um, because in real life, I basically try to not judge other people's decisions unless it negatively impacts me specifically. Like if other people want to do shit, you do your shit. Like I trust that you are a, a grown person who knows how to handle yourself and I will be there if you need something, but I'm not going to say your marriage is wrong or your career is wrong or whatever else you do you. Um, But Mm -hmm. those things then become viewed through a different lens when we're saying, what is the writing staff trying to tell us when they have Jane and Beard interact in these ways? Is it that we're 
glossing over a depiction of domestic abuse that we need to be concerned about? Or Mm -hmm. is it that Beard is as on board with this as Jane is? Maybe Jane knew that he was a a triple citizen and had triple citizenship. So he had a backup passport. So he could leave if he wanted to. And this was her way of saying, like, please stay. I don't don't know. Don't go. I'll do anything. I'll I'll do do anything. anything. Yeah. I'll even force you to go to the embassy to get a new right, passport right, apparently right i it's funny i mean the, the, a number of relationships as we're going through as you're saying you know we the uh you know the rebecca sam dynamic and obviously people had definite feelings around that i i liked that uh love story i think it is a complete i felt like it was a complete love story they had this moment and yeah at the end it's a little awkward and we're you know punching each other in the shoulder and turning away and smiling. But um, again, flip those genders. And it's like, you know, if, if the new, if the AFC Richmond women's whatever, you know what I mean? It's suddenly, you know, we have uh, whoever's the equivalent of Higgins having an affair with the star player. We'd be like, Whoa, what yeah. is going on here? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot to that. Yeah. And that's when I think, so to sort of go, I almost said circle back. Jesus Christ, this is why we should not always record during business hours because I have corporate speak on my mind. Um, there you go. But to call back to James Sr. Because I did have a big issue with this. Um, I think it, as sort of the shows were coming out, I tweeted that if seemingly redemption is just being bestowed upon every character, like I'm going to have a problem with that. Um, and what I tweeted was the gif of Tom Hanks from a league of their own saying, uh, it, Gina Davis says that she has to quit because it got too hard. And he says, it's supposed to be hard. If it were easy, everyone would do it. The heart is what makes it great. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the thing about forgiveness. If it were easy, if you could do it with anything, then it wouldn't matter. The heart is what makes it great. And so so I feel like if for people in my position who think forgiveness should be hard, it should be something that people don't earn easily. Like if you want redemption, you're going to have to work for it. Uh, seeing everybody be encompassed by this felt off-putting. Because, not because I want people to suffer, but because if you do... If you injure somebody seriously in a way, you need to make up for that. And that person needs to recover from being injured. And we shouldn't treat that like it's always going to be easy or always even attainable. There are going to be people that mm-hmm. as much as you might get through, uh, I have mentioned in the slacks, but I had an old work buddy from like three jobs ago. We were like, go out, grab a drink after work, became good friends. We're friends for a long time. In 2019, I was like, to him, I was like, I'm going through some shit. Can we go out and I'm going to bitch at you? And then it ended up being more about him. And I was like, no, 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 really. I need to bitch about me a little mm-hmm. bit. Can we do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then pandemic hit. And I I assumed that he sort of lost his mind. He, like, we didn't really talk. And he has a wife and kids and, like, little two little ones at home that he, I'm sure he's taking care of. And so in the two months into pandemic, I was like, hey, you need to be more my friend or we can't be friends. Like, I need you to show up for me a little bit. I am fucking out here in the middle of it and I need you to help me out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, of course, I could totally do that for you. You're absolutely right. No question. I will be there for you. I will text you more. And we have not spoken since. 
Because that happens. Like I was asking more than he could give and he was giving less than I could accept. And I have processed through feeling angry and upset and missing him and all those other things. I Like I'm not angry. I have forgiven him. But also we cannot be friends anymore because I need more awesome. of a friend than he is able to be to me. Mm-hmm. Is it possible mm-hmm. for me to get his number? Um... <laughs> <laughs> no. No, and that's, I mean this honestly, like, genuinely, I mean this. Like, I believe that he is a good man and a good person and that he cares a lot about people and that pandemic was fucking hard, especially in the first two months. Like, it was rough. I, one time, did cry because an Amazon package showed up a day before I expected to. And I was like, oh, this is so nice that I have the jumper that I thought I wanted to wear. This is, and cried, me, me fucking crying. So like, honestly, I, no ill will or hard feelings towards him, but our relationships do not line up. We can't, like, when it got to a point, it broke and we can't get it back. I, I've said this to you on a number of fronts. I, I really do admire, and I'm serious about this, my, your clarity. Like, you know, I, I and, and I, I uh, have hoarding tendencies in, in life. Thank God uh, Daphne has the opposite of that. So she's like, oh, get this shit out of here. Yes. You'll be going Good for with her. her. Um, but, but I also <laughs> realized as I was going along that I hoard people. I do. And I re- there are people in my life who like, like that, like I would have texted him another six months later and another six months later. And, and it's like, at a certain point, I admire your ability to say, like, this is what friendship looks like for me. Or this was, I, I, I need this friendship to look like. And if it's not that, that's okay. But that means we're not friends. Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a, you don't have to be a bad human being. It just means we're not friends. And I, I do, I, I have a lot of respect for that. Because that's a, that's a, that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one for me. I gotta, I gotta admit. Wow, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. I should also mention that this is my, like, because I have weird abandonment and rejection issues, my initial response is always, fuck that guy. Always fuck that guy. Like, when I was in high school, Mm -hmm. a friend would forget to do something one time, and I'd be like, fuck them. They don't like me? No, no, no. Fuck you. I don't like you. So, this is me coming to a place where it is like, I am trying not... I, I have your opposite. I don't hoard. I reject too quickly. And so this was is me like trying to recognize that they are not bad people just because it doesn't work out. And that I should. I, there's a part of me that thinks like, why the fuck didn't you text him six months later? And it's because like I had already begun processing through that and mm-hmm, I was angry mm-hmm. and whatever else. It, but like, you're not wrong. Maybe he would have been like, oh, shit, I am so sorry. Like, I I lost my mind. Now things are a little bit better. Can we try again? Right. Maybe. Maybe things would have worked out differently. I just, it feels like with each of those, you need to make decisions at the time. And you could change those later. But the idea yeah. of, like, relationships just not being reestablishable when you're talking mm-hmm. about Jamie and James Sr., Cause like mm-hmm. it's somebody tweeted yesterday and I'm going to have to retweet it, but they pointed out like when Ted was telling Jamie that he can forgive his father or not. Uh, do you think that he knew 
that James Sr. took Jamie to Amsterdam when he was 14 and got him a prostitute. No. Because, like, how do you come back from that? Yeah. I mean, that like, that's a lot. It, no, it is a lot. And I and, and, and it's because I as you as we've gone over, I, I was I was OK with James Sr. in, you know, what I would describe as rehab. Um, and I think as we've seen them again, you know, that, that I think that all makes sense. Um, I, I was OK with that because for me, that was an indication of him taking a step toward the redemptive moment. And then I thought what we saw in that final sequence was another step toward like they there it seemed pretty clear they were like looking at pictures, but I didn't think he like he'd achieved redemption. I thought it was yeah. like here he is trying to get to it. And I understood your point, which is like some people, that's just what the hell they do. Yeah. Um they just who are who they are and that's how they'll die. Um but I, I guess Coach, I Coach, I wanna I, I wanna I wanna throw on one quick thing, which is Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh, we said like, what, what do you expect to see? And I said, all I expect to see is during a montage, Jamie, like walking his dad out of the hotel, uh, out of the rehab, <laughs> whatever. And then, basically that's what we got. We got like, yeah. a essentially tiny, they're looking, they're just looking at something. That's okay. In my mind, because what is life about as a parent, if not your children becoming better, smarter, stronger, more capable, more experienced than you are. And it's okay for me in this instance to watch Jamie be the bigger person and be more accommodating and sort of be the voice of reason. That's okay. It's not like you certainly don't want it to go the other way. So I was okay with, with that dynamic because we've seen how far Jamie has come. Um, and so it's like, for me, I'm like, okay, that's this, this is sort of a, um, it wasn't a result. I thought, oh, this this sort of ruins anything having to do with that. It's like it almost doesn't matter. It's just a nice thing for Jamie to have a dad ever, ever. And and, and yeah, I know, I know you're yeah, like it. But I knew <laughs> Sorry, say I'm smirking at him. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, again, like Coach didn't like the the, the thing with Kazelik man, but I'm like, I just want Rebecca to have the daughter that she wanted or the child that she, she wanted her to experience motherhood because it was important to her. It was important mm-hmm. to Jamie to have a father. It was important to Rebecca to be, to be a mother. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of looking at that from the outside, you say, I just want these people to have the things that they've dreamed about. Two, I'll say that when, you know, Jamie's sitting there with James Sr., I... Usually in a scene, I think I, I have to think about this a little more, but I think generally in a scene, I will I would most connect with one person, right? Like one way or another, I sort of naturally sort of get like more naturally get a perspective. I was about as evenly split looking at them, looking at those pictures, I think, as you can be watching a scene. Like part of being a parent is being in some ways, and I think even for the James seniors of the world, there's a level on which this is true, being acutely aware of your shortcomings. Now, some of us, our shortcomings are, we only talked about our son's worst grade. For some of us, our shortcomings were, are, you know, <laughs> we went into the locker room and in front of his team, humiliated him and started a fight. I mean, I get that that's not all the same thing, but, um, I, I, I felt, I, in that context of him in rehab and whatever, I, I felt for him and suspected he's probably got some stuff of his own. 
who knows if with his own father, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sorry, boss. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just absolutely going to agree with you on that. Like, 100%. No question. Yeah. I be- I am positive that James Sr.'s dad, dad was abusive. And that this, mm-hmm. you know, intergenerational trauma, like, mm-hmm. we're... It, the, the poem that they read in the beginning of yeah. this episode, uh, they fuck you up, your mom and dad. They don't mean to, yes. but they do. So that is, I should also mention in um, a Nick Hornby book called The Long Way Down, which is great. And I, it's kind of about four people who meet on New Year's um, because they all try to kill themselves by suicide or die by suicide by jumping off the same building at midnight on New Year's. Yeah. So just like be forewarned before you read it. They made made a movie of that too. And it wasn't great. I'm sorry. I uh, really wanted to like it. The really? cast is amazing. It just didn't hit right. They didn't do it right. There's and the book is I, I difficult. Didn't, I didn't like, like it. I thought it was. I it wasn't. It was like, uh, yeah, they, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not Shawshank. They made a change at the end that ruined it for me. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I really it was, hated cute, that. it was cute as a concept. Having not read the book when I had seen, I've now since read the book. But having having not read the book, I saw I was like, oh, this is this is clever. This is like a interesting mm, that take. order of operations matters. I find often. Yes, yes, uh, definitely. Um, but yes, no. To your point, y- yeah, I feel like this gets into the concept of the lasso way, the lasso method, the Richmond way. You know, we're gonna talk about the actual name of it. I think at some point, um, a. For me, the issue is every person has the same, every person deserves the same access to forgiveness. I feel any person can actually do things to redeem themselves. If they do that is one question. And if the person that they injured needs to accept that is another. Yes. Because... I don't know. There are some people that I'm like, you could do whatever the hell you want to for the rest of our lives. And I am never going to forgive you for the shit you put me through. Absolutely not. I feel okay about it. I've processed it and I'm not upset Mm -hmm. or angry or anything else. But I also know like, I sorry, I have an aunt and uncle there. I just because they're assholes and became full on Trump supporters and went crazy MAGA. I'm like, sorry guys, I can't, we can't ever hang out ever. Like we're not friends anymore. And whether I'm being an asshole to them or this is the right thing to do, I don't know. It's the thing that I need to do for my peace of mind. So that's what's being done. I think I right, wrong. I mean, we can have a lot of, we, we can, and I guess have had a lot of conversation around that piece. I, I think there's value in that though. And I remember often in a sort of um, everything I needed to know, I learned in kindergarten or maybe butchering that title, but that basic idea, there are things I hear myself share, and certainly when they were younger, heard myself sharing with the kids that a day or two later, I'd be like, oh yeah, I should probably, you know, work that into my life a little bit. And one of them was my, my, my son's EQ has always been off the chart. Like it's just like, EQ is a thing, and this kid, now no longer a kid, as he's a voting age adult, it, it just has always had it. Like, he reads people, and I could tell story after story about that. But 
I remember saying to him at one point, he he was being, in my opinion, an unhealthily, if that could be a word for a moment, generous with his friends. So if they were hanging out and he was playing with the Who's toy. Who's that sound like, Coach? Uh, you? No. <laughs> <laughs> me? Uh, it, do, it does sound like it, me, yes. It, does, it sounds you know, like no, everyone serious, on this podcast not named yeah. Emily. So yes. That's, that's hilarious. But 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 I but I, I think and I think this is some of what I when I say this this stuff to you, Emily, and I really mean it where I'm like, I really admire that. I said to him, you don't and this was the part that I needed to hear, you don't have to I love that you're generous. And if you want to be the kind of kid who always makes sure your friend gets chips before you get chips, great. The world needs more of that. But you don't have to do things and give things to make it worthwhile to be your friend. You're a great friend and your friends get the value of that. Your, your friendship has a value. You don't have to then give things and to make it worthwhile, I need a, I needed a ton and probably still need a ton of that in my life. And, and I guess that's when you say, Hey, if you're gonna like mag out and blah, 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 like I've got, I don't know how much time left on this earth and I don't choose to spend it there. I think that's supremely healthy. And I think for folks who are like, Oh, but their family or all that kind of stuff, I, the older I get, the more I'm like, no, 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 no. Screw, screw that. Like, I don't know how much time I have left. As I said to, to Daphne, when I turned 50, I was like, I don't know if I have a day or another 50 years, but I want to make the world a, a better place. And I don't know that I'm going to be making the world a better place if I'm filling my days and hours, um, with people and on things that are frankly not worthy of my level of friendship. Uh, you know, I love and, and that's I love, a big learning. I love how you uh, started making a point about your son and then and made it about you. So, <laughs> well, just, actually, just, maybe if he had a more understanding father, uh, he wouldn't feel like he had to give his ham radio uh, to his friends. I don't know, Coach. Like see, somebody fucked see, him up. I'm going to yell abort in a minute. This this, <laughs> this must be total podcasting. Because Castleton just made a joke. And what I'm going to say is that the most emotionally choked up you're ever going to hear me on this podcast is probably what you just said, that you told him that he doesn't need to do things in order to be valued. Like I did, I got goosebumps. I got a little teared up. You can't see because I'm wearing glasses and there's a reflection, but I got a little (laughs) teared up because I love number one so much that you told him that, that you, one of my things, Mm. uh, my therapist said to me one time is that, uh, Brains don't know anything until you put something into them. Like yeah. you're not going to come up with the idea by yourself all the time. You need yeah. somebody to say to you, like, no, you, you don't have to do anything. Like you by yourself are valued and valuable and you should be treated well just because of who you are. Not, you don't need to do mm-hmm. things to people. You should be loved for being you. So mm-hmm. I love that you said that to him. I love it so much. I love that you're the kind of person that would say that to him. I also <laughs> feel like, Somebody needed to say it to Ted because Ted, you don't need to make the book the Richmond way. You can make no. it the lasso way. You're you yes. can take that for yourself and you're still yes. good. You don't need to yes. constantly be giving. That that for me was not happy ending. 
And I'm glad you call that out. I, I did not like it. I do not like it. Like of the things like people who are like, no, I don't care what anybody says, Ted and Rebecca, whatever. I feel like, damn it, Trent, you got it. You may have gotten it more than Ted got it. Yes. And I yeah. can't believe you named it the Richmond way. I cannot yeah. believe so, that. So, so then you guys believe that when Trent came up and broke it all down and was talking to Ted when he was so excited, tiny, imperceptible, like that that was not Ted's plan. Like this is all news to him. He just does it without thinking because this goes back to our original conversation about being called a wanker. Oh, he's going to be so mad when, when wait till we win him over all these things. It seemed like they had a plan that they both knew they were in on and then it vanished in season two and it felt like they were sort of like behind the eight ball trying to figure some things out. And so you're saying, uh, you're saying um, that uh, Ted did this uh, sort of unconsciously. It wasn't part of like an overall plan. And therefore when he says it was never about me, he really believes it was never about him because uh, for example, I put this podcast together. Um, I, uh, talked uh, boss and coach into it. They said I was crazy. I did it to get personal accolades uh, and to get all the credit. And now I notice that some of the credit is going to you two. And I'm like, wait a second. Well, hold up. Hold up. Let's just hold make sure we up. all know where the fucking bread is being buttered. Right. But, but realistically, Ted, no, no, I, I, yeah, in all, in all seriousness, Ted, um, I thought he knew this was the lasso way. And, and was comfortable with it. I guess maybe at the end, he doesn't like the, to be, you know, little, it's called, they call it, um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, birthday boy syndrome, where when, huh. when you're on the, in the spotlight, my youngest mm-hmm. boy was so cute for his like ninth birthday party, we threw him a big party. Everyone started like a hundred people, 200, I don't know, it was a lot of people started singing happy birthday and he started screaming and went under the table. And I'm like, Oh my God. So we just finished. And then I went and comforted him in front of everybody. It was really uncomfortable. And I was like, thank you, everybody. Um, on your way out, make sure to grab uh, my parenting uh, pamphlet. Um, <laughs> this is horrible. You know, but we didn't know that he had that. It just happened right there. That's when we when we, we saw it and we're like, oh, my goodness. Um, so maybe that's it for Ted. It's just like in that type of spotlight where it's, you know, some people are, are not great getting compliments. So I know. It's really hard for me when people say nice things about me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, you know, but, but it's because it doesn't happen think, very often. Well, I don't think you had to call it the lasso way. And I, and I definitely get what you're saying. And I think, you know, when, when uh, Beard gives him the shout out for the, you know, barbecue induced, you know, uh, whatever he said, the, the, you know, where he create, you know, came up with total football and he says, yeah, it's true, but you know, go ahead, coach. You know, like, don't worry about me. That's not the point of this. I think you can say that by to me by calling it the Richmond way it devalues what he actually did and who he actually was. I do think he had a plan in that he know he has a a specific take on what the world should be like how he wants to move through the world, no small interactions, all that kind of stuff. And I think he didn't know it was going to end in total football. He couldn't be sure that Jamie was going to become, you know, the poster child for this kind of behavior or that Roy, who like looked like he was going to kill him, would end up the next head coach or whatever. 
But he knew that fundamentally, if I approach it this way, like that's my thing about teams. I'm like, listen, I don't care if it's a sales team, a soccer team, a family. I don't care. There's certain fundamental things that if you come in this way and if we behave this way, there's a level of success we're going to get to. And there's yes. a type of experience we're going to create. Oh, my God. And I that's love that. how it is. I that's love it. just how it is. And I, and I, I the, to me, the Richmond way attributes, attributes it somehow to this organization when it's way bigger than that. The Richmond, they've been around since 1897 or something, and they've done yes. jack plus shit in that time. And it's only yes, until they the brought, Richmond were, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. this is how we do things in Richmond. No, no, it's not. No, you yeah. fail in Richmond. That's what you do. You're mediocre at best, no hardware to show for it. Uh, and it took Ted Lasso coming in to, to make this culture where people can thrive. So, yeah, I, I wasn't uh, thrilled with that either. Um but on that note, I was thinking uh, about James Lance, the, uh, the Trent Krim character. I have a little game I want to play. I'm going to do this for the listeners as well as uh, we're going to do for we're going to uh, if you look in the show notes, there's going to be a questionnaire here for our second questionnaire, because I'm really curious about how people reacted overall to the acting and the characters. OK, so I'm going to do two questions and this I hope this isn't overly confusing. I'm going to give you a character, and then I want you guys to un, undo, uh, un, uh, uncork your mics so that you're you can do quick responses, please. Um, okay. All right. And if and if uh, 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 fire trucks go by, we'll just have to deal with it. I'm going to say a character, and then I want you to tell me your level of satisfaction with that character now that the show is over. And I want you to do it on a rating scale from one to ten. One being the least, ten being the most. Um, and some of these are ancillary characters. So you'll have to tell me from your point of view, how, how satisfied you were with that character. And for you, it might mean closure for you. It might mean how well you knew the character for you. It might mean, uh, what percentage of, uh, screen time this character had, did I get a sense of this character Mm -hmm. that satisfied me? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to put this because I really, um, you guys know, uh, I, I think the listening community might know by now. They might have been with me long enough to know. If I could, I would invite them all to be here with us all mm. the time. Oh, sure. I sure. love it. I love people. And I love the, I love, I hate the one way flow of conversation, which is why I urge everybody, right. please, if you, if you sponsor us, you'll get an email from me and then you get a direct line to me. Since we, since we, um, <laughs> Since we had the uh, the finale, I've gotten so many emails from Buttercups, people saying, "Oh my God, here's something you missed, or here's something you should talk about." It. Yeah, it's yeah. just fa- I li- and I like that. I like that flow of information back. Sometimes people use Twitter. Some one thing I'll say is I don't tend to check DMs because I get some crazy, crazy ones, um, and so I just have stopped really checking DMs. So that's one way you probably won't get me. Um, but I'm going to go through here and this, this is, it will be in the questionnaire too. And you can play at home as we do this. Um, okay. So I'll tell you the character name and then you're going to tell me, uh, your rating one to 10 for satisfaction. You guys ready for this? Yes. Okay. I am. And then I'm going to give you, and I'm going to give you the actor name after that. And then you're going to tell me how well you think the actor did. Oh, okay. Okay. We're going to start with one of my favorite characters. Uh, Derek from Taste of Athens. 
How satisfied? We're going to start with coach and then go, boss, you, un- you unmute that mic, boss. I just did. There was coach. a truck backing up. Come on. I told man. you. I told you. I'm we just are gonna, saying. Not everything I'm has to be to perfect. If, yeah, if that question there is coming from somebody who cares about the fire truck. It does need to be perfect. No, of course not. Sorry. All right. So Derek, um, the character? Derek the character doesn't need just give me a number. Derek the character, how satisfied? Seven. I was gonna say seven. Yep. Okay. Spencer Jones, the actor. Nine. Nine. Yeah. In, in I, that, I, I don't it. care about Derek. He did such a great job of making me yeah, not. Yeah. I mean, care. Yeah. 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 I think he did it what he could with what was there. But yeah, I, 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 I'd almost job. go ten. I don't know if you could do it better than what he did. I'm like, <laughs> I was so impressed with his stupidity, his body, the stupid oh. things he did with his mouth, the stupid hand gestures. I just like Spencer Jones, bravo. Okay, next one, uh, Terry Zoro. Oh. Oh, uh, 10. Nine? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. God, I never thought Zero would get that. Okay. And yeah. Mo Judy Lamour, the actor. 10. Nine, 10. Yeah. That I'm is, I'm so happy to hear that. That is wonderful. Okay. Arlo White. Seven. Five. Okay. And Arlo White, the actor. Playing himself. Eight. Eight. Okay. It's yeah. hard to I'm play yourself. Higher. I'm up higher than that yeah. because I think he was near perfect as the, I would say 10 performance and probably only because like, I think that the narrative, I think it's way, way undervalued. Uh, apparently even on this podcast, the narrative, <laughs> the, giving people the backbone, uh, it fades into the backness, uh, backness. That's an, the uh, backness. Into the, yep. the backness, you, you know, that's, that's a word. Um, fades, it fades into the background, but it is so necessary for to keep people abreast of what the situation is. Um, and I always think that sort of boring uh, exposition doesn't get uh, get the credit it deserves. Okay, Mo Bumbercatch. Hmm. Five. It is, and no, actually, now I'm thinking about some of the stuff. His uh, uh, waiting for not wanting to waste his energy. Yeah, no, I'm going to go up to seven. Seven. I mean, he six. eats his somewhere cereal. Well, somewhere he there. swallows the cereal without chewing. He doesn't want to waste the energy. Come on. I thought it was interesting, but yeah, there were moments where I was like, where did this come from? Like, it was it just that we were getting yeah. to know him better, or was it like something that got added in? So it was fun, but I wouldn't put him on the same level as like Zoro for me. That's fair. What? Oh, that's interesting. Even though he's the he's the he's the fittest player on the team, according to Colin. Remember, that? which I thought was funny. And yeah. then the Isaac guessed it. I was like, yes. "Yeah, there you go, Isaac. It's okay. Yes. It's all right, buddy. You can you can know the answer to that question. It doesn't threaten your manhood, buddy. It's all right." That's cute. Uh, one one a little tidbit uh, of just just factoid that I really enjoyed was the day after it was revealed that uh, Mo Bumercratch was Swiss. Um, the FIFA. Soccer game, FIFA 23, I think it was. Uh, they have a Richmond team in there. They updated his nationality. There's a little Swiss. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, that's, that's fantastic. Um, okay. And then uh, Mo Hashim. So Mo Bumbercat, the actor that plays Bumbercatch and the actor that plays Terry Zero are both named Mo, which I don't know if anybody knew that. Oh, got it. Oh, that's so funny. what do you think about Mo Hashim, who played Bumbercatch? Eight. Eight. Did you say eight? I said eight. Yeah, I, I feel like. That. 
We're way we're way more in sync on these numbers yeah. than we are on the closing. Maybe you should just have us rate the uh, yes. episode. Well, we're gonna get there. We're gonna. We're, I'm trying to. I'm trying to build a narrative here, Coach. Um, uh, Baz, the character of Baz. How satisfied are you with the character of Baz? Ten. Yeah, ten. That was fun. That's amazing. Ten for Baz. Come on. Come on. Come on. When they came over and thanked Rebecca, I mean, like anything that would have brought it down from a ten was washed away. When they came over and just so genuinely and beautifully thanked Rebecca for what she did for Richmond, and they were she's like the mom. They never all three of them. I would invite them over to my house right now. Come on over, fellas. Beer is on me. Oh, this is so, this is some bullshit right here. Okay, I am pulling this. What I did was I googled. Uh, sorry, I'm not responding to your thing, Coach. I'm looking at my screen. That's really funny. And I googled, <laughs> Coach. That's some bullshit, Coach. Well, it's uh, funny because I could see you, so I knew which that it wasn't that. But it's funny if you're going audio only. Did that those two things did follow each other? Right? Well, here's yeah, no, no. Sorry, sorry, folks. Uh, I'm going to let you into the situation. I all I did was Google Ted Lasso cast. It gets gives you a bunch of headshots. And as I said, uh, so Baz, the next thing I'm going to say is the actor who played Baz. And then, I, and then I see the next person after that is the actor who played Jeremy. And I'm like, okay, yeah, where's Paul? And I'm scanning. No Paul. Really? No Paul really? In, this, in this particular thing. That's so do, crazy because the three of them are essentially a character. I mean, yeah. not really, yeah, but, what, but you know what I mean? Like, how would you list two and not? Yeah, all right, that part. Ah, never ends, right, Coach? <laughs> uh, that's crazy. I, that, that's crazy, right? Um, and I'm wondering who else. This is what I was going to say. Um, uh, that, um, yeah, this is, okay, here we go. Okay, uh, one of the things I was going to say was that I'm curious to hear your answer on, so Adam Colburn, who plays Baz. By the way, when when we did the reveal, I think all three of these guys had flowers for last names. Yeah. Wasn't one of them like LaFleur, Paul LaFleur. Yes. Which I, I wonder, I wonder, coach. I don't know if that's a, a little throwback to the character Peter LaFleur in Dodgeball. That's what I thought. That's what uh, I thought. Oh, very well could be. That would make a lot of sense. Someone on this podcast was very close to that decision. Just saying. Um, I know. I was there. I, I was know. there when it happened. Um, I know. In the room when it happened. That's right. I almost went there. So we, we are totally, we're like uh, Roy. This is what <sighs> this is what Ted Lasso's done to us. Now we just come up with musical references as we're walking through uh, a Coach, conversation. you are the glue. You and Boss are in sync. <laughs> and you and I are in sync. And <laughs> Boss and I will never, ever, ever <laughs> be in sync. So that's why we need you, Coach. See that? Come on. Um, I literally said this morning that I was with you. Like, I'm no, on Thor's side. That's true. Listen, I will that's, accurate. That's, that's accurate. Yeah, she that said is that, accurate. She said it on Come a text on. thread, and I responded in all caps, you're never with me. This is Christmas. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's, this, is a, this is a thing. Um, okay. So, Adam Colburn, did you say that? Uh, how you felt about him, the actor who played Baz? Oh, I thought 10. I yeah. thought really great. Performance. Are we just going to go could... straight 10s for these guys? Is Jeremy a 10? Yes. Would, yeah. yeah. And so Bronson Webb is a 10. Done. And then, of course, yes. our, our friend Kevin Gary. Can, I, can you go 11 for Paul? That's so the, the only yeah, thing. That's, it's that's like, the only I think thing. Paul that's is my favorite. You don't give yourself anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. Okay, but see, this is a real – these are ancillary characters. This is the Greek yeah. chorus 
remember they served that role to tell us, in, mm-hmm. in, at least in season mm-hmm. one, how we were meant to feel about things. It was a great mechanism. Um, but these three guys, I mean, are you kidding me? They, they're, they, they have played these characters that we will never, ever, ever forget, especially Paul for me trying to tie a, a, a penis string with any stranger oh. in the, in the Richmond stands. I just go, Mike, what a, can oh. you believe he did <laughs> such a thing? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, all right. Satisfaction. Remember, the question is satisfaction. George Kartrick. Mm, that's yeah. complicated. I mean, it's, this is one of those where, like, I I also feel like I'm never going to go lower than a five is going to be the issue. There isn't anybody on. It sounds like a challenge to me, boss. Well, yeah. So that's now funny. I'm, like, trying to think back of which characters. Not really. I don't know. All right. Let's, keep, like, it let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. What's up your gut? Six. Six Seven. for. Yeah. And then yeah. Bill Fellows, who plays George Carter. Oh, come on. That's eight. like an eight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Shandy Fine. Oh, I actually didn't. I three. I did not. I didn't love the characters. Like she's okay, but the story was so meh that I. I don't. I can't. But, then, but that, does that does that reflect it in her performance? Or okay, no, 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 well, no, no, no. Be, You're no, saying no, that just in general, yes. you are unsatisfied by. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Actually, okay. So when I say Ambreen Razia, you're gonna probably oh, yeah. have. Okay. Eight, eight, nine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, I'd say nine, and I'd say five for the character. Okay. Um, Deborah Welton. <laughs> oh, <laughs> four. The character she killed me satisfaction. Too. Uh, six. So say six. Okay. Uh, and then performance, though, I would Harriet say. Harriet Walter. Oh, 10. Yeah. Always. Always 10. Yeah. She's, she's never so not good. been a 10. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's actually in um, Silo, also on Apple TV, which I yeah. need to catch up on. Did you on. start but that? Yeah, I did. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. I'm going to need to think about it a little bit. A, a did you read the book, that... by the way? Have you read the book? No. Okay. I caught the book. Like This was a book where years ago, it was like a subversive thing because uh, it was one of the first books where someone had self-published believing mm-hmm. in themselves. Uh, they take that, that one year contract coach with the new team to prove them, right, to prove right, it, right, prove right. it contract, the prove it deal. Yep. The guy was like, I'm going to publish this on my own. And it, people found it somehow and went crazy for it. And then he got a publishing deal out of it. And it was like a huge deal um, for that author and sort of opened up the floodgates for self publishing. Um, mm-hmm. But I have not watched a uh, silo yet. And I don't think that'll be the next show that we, uh, that we review. Based on no. just, just having no. seen, yeah, just seen the pilot episode or so. Um, okay, so Harry Walter. Wait, quickly ahead, though, I, I think I, there's so much in the finale, and obviously we'll we'll dig into it. When she, when bat, when PB and J come over, and um, say you know the thing about the mom they never had. Paul's actually is the one who says it, and and Deborah says, "I'm like the mom she never had." Like to Rebecca. I, like, I didn't even, like, it was so funny to me, but I actually didn't physically laugh. Like, it was mind-blowing yes. and totally yes. believable for that character. And, like, but I was like, But she also oh. said, Coach, she also, remember, she said to Re- Rebecca on the Zoom call, 
or a FaceTime call on, on, on her, on her. Right. When she's you like, really you called me, she maternal. said, I think you're really in some dire need of maternal guidance. Yeah. Sort of. And she jumps off the call. I'm like, oh my God. Like, it's a combination of self-awareness and in their own universe that is just stunning. So yeah, what, so one anyway, lingering I, the performance was great. Yeah, one lingering beautiful thing I think we all get from uh, from um, uh, Ted Lasso is the concept of, oh, I love seeing your parents. Now we see how you got fucked up. And then as a parent, I think about that. Yeah. I think about this nonstop. And I, yeah. I, even when they were little, kids were super little and all the way through t- this morning, I had this thought where I go, I know I'm fucking them up. How do I fuck them? I know that I am. I know somehow it will someday mm-hmm. come back to bite me. What mm-hmm. am I unconsciously doing? I'm trying to be the best dad in the whole world. How is that going to backfire? What am I doing? So I try to be at least mindful of it. But I really love that uh, Ted Lasso gave it a name and made it a thing that we sort of all collectively yeah. agree on. I, I, I so uh, okay. So this, this, I try to be mindful of sharing the part that's my part to share, and I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm tiptoeing up to the line here. So I'm gonna. But um was helping uh my son study for his Spanish final, you know, and uh he he made a comment about this being what he always does and the this being studying, you know, pretty much at the last possible moment. And uh as I've shared, I have ADHD, and so that sounded very uh familiar to me. But then he said it again, and when he said it the second time, it had a lot in there. Like it, it felt like, ooh. And I, I like, I had a very strong reaction because I was like, I have lived the vast, vast, like up to 49 slash 50 years of my life with that feeling. I always do this. I screw things up. That's what I do. And I, I, I suspect he may also have ADHD, which would make all the sense. Um, but I kind of, I didn't flip out, but like I, we had had some stuff about whatever. And I like emailed the people at the school who I had, you know, have needed to talk to. And I went in and told Daphne, like, what needs to be done? Like, it, and it all had to be done last night at 1037 PM. And it like, that was it. And, and I, and it was in part me go like looking at him and feeling like, Oh my God, I am looking at me at 18. I am, I am the, I know the exact feeling. I know the experience. I know the feeling of like, I am smart and my grade is not going to reflect how smart I am. Like all of that, like came out in my, this must be dealt with, um, right now. Uh, and so there's something, yes, there's the piece of meeting your parents, but I think there's also the piece that you describe of being that parent. And trying to figure out, like, how how do I not, while knowing I definitely will? Well, yes. uh, I don't have children, so I'm not going to weigh in on the parenting side. And also, I'm perfect, so I'm not sure how to weigh in on the, like, bad parent <laughs> yeah, side. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. Absolutely. Yeah. No, how, like would you, how would you? Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know yeah. anything about that. Um, I will say, one of my favorite tweets that I think about sometimes... Because sometimes I do think about my own favorite tweets, but it's actually, um, I was at lunch with one of my best friends and my favorite Look, people. Tell me you don't have children without telling me you don't have children. Oh, sometimes it's because I think, I think about, about other things. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I think I, yeah, this is all my time to think about <laughs> tweaks. Amazing. I sure yeah. do. Um, and no, but I was at lunch with one of my best friends and one of my favorite people in the whole world. And I was telling her some story. And as I was telling her, I could, I knew that this was going to be her reaction to the story. I knew that this was me being me. And she said, I feel like I should ask who hurt you, but I know. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> we, That's we... <laughs> funny. Because I love her so much. Um, so, yeah, no, you're going to fuck up your kids. It's going to happen. Like, all of the... the it, it, but it's not all of it. It's not entirely you. You guys are not the only ones putting stuff into your kids and giving them information. And you're putting in, like, uh, some bad stuff, maybe. Maybe some bad stuff. But... All the good stuff too. So like, I feel, I I don't know what it is about Gen X and millennial parents, but you guys fucking beat yourselves up so goddamn much all of the mm. time. And like the best parents that I know, the most extraordinary mothers who love their kids so thoroughly will say like, I'm doing the worst job. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're doing an amazing really job. Right. You're, that's why that's why they're so good. I mean, Juliana says that all the time. And I look at her exactly. like she's got three heads. I'm like, what? Oh my yeah. God. If you were my mom, I would be, I would be like king of Pluto. Like I'd be like, oh. I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my God. I know Pluto's yeah. on a planet. Uh but, no, but like uh, sadly, RIP. I, it, yeah, no, sorry. It's uh, not a pl- not a planet anymore. Uh, no, but I have said that before to people. I like, if you were my mother, I would be closing business deals in Berlin right now or some shit. Like I would right. be fucking running the place. Um, but also Castleton, to your point, like you talked about uh, your daughter going to prom and the mean girls and the everything else. And like that shit sucks. It sucks that she's going through that and that she has shitty friends right now. I should mention I have a friend from high school one. So like, all those bitches, I'm not dealing with their shit anymore. It's fucking fine. Mm-hmm. But, all those bitches start on Castle. Yeah, man. It's fucking, they gotta get on out of here. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, they, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, Sanya. I didn't actually know you. I apologize. Uh, but I do think about how, like, she's going through a shitty situation and that sucks. But what she is learning is... This is how you show up and be yourself. This is how you deal with assholes. Like, this is how you are resilient and still do things that you feel are fun, even if other people are shitty about it. And that her dad had her fucking back the entire time. Like, a hundred percent. The shitty part, the shitty part doesn't matter. I fixed it by tweeting about it. I think that that's it. Bam. Fixed. You think I'm joking, but I'm being completely serious. <laughs> no, like, no, you're right. That's I am it. with you. That's, I how, am with that's you. how I do politics too, boss. I just say, I don't like I, that. And I tweeted about I it. Now I'm going to go about my day. swear to God, though, 10 years from now, she's going to be like, oh, there were some assholes that remember, I yeah. was like too good to be friends with. My, but my dad fucking showed up for me. Like, I don't, you guys, my parents, unfortunately, were not equipped to do the best job that they should have. And I'm still pretty okay. Like, you have to try really hard to fuck your kids up. You have to be James Hart in order to do this shit. Like, you guys are fine. Get the fuck out of here with that. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to um, second season edition, Jan Moss. Satisfaction on Jan Moss. 10-10. Yeah, Jan Moss. 10-10. So David Esseldorn, 10 and yeah, like yeah. Jan Moss came out of nowhere in season two. Like they needed a Dutch, vo- they needed like a mm-hmm, voice of reason mm-hmm. character. He took over yeah. part of the 
maybe maybe they had a sense they were getting so nice that they needed a no bullshit uh, filter kind of guy. Um, but I thought, yeah, at the very end, Jan Moss is every bit as much of a it fits right into this team. Somebody tweeted today if they wanted a the hangover. They tweeted at me. I uh, want I want a hangover, and Jan Moss was one of the key players. And I was like, how did you pick? Uh, hold on, let me see who they said because this is. Let me look and see. Because I thought, okay, here we go. I said, the person said, I want the hangover type. I want, I, I, I asked last episode, um, you know, what do you guys want to see? And somebody says, I, I want, uh, Peter Hines is the person who, who tweeted, I want a, the hangover type movie featuring Jamie, Danny, Zorro, and Jan Moss. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we can do that. I was like, how did you, how'd you pick those guys? I said, how, you know, no Barber Catch, no Richard. Richard has a real special place in my heart because he was the one who taught me how many ghosts that we could handle, like 400 mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. many ghosts, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's very um, he says, we don't know Richard or Barber Catch well enough, and Colin, Sam, and Isaac seem too responsible. Oh, that's that is good. That's I, Isaac that. too responsible. Yeah, maybe. Love the idea of opening up to others for a potential second movie series. With this four, though, the potential for the wheels to come off is just too much. <laughs> I love it. See? God, I love I love our community. Love it, love it, love it. All right, let's go to um, – so, Coach, I didn't hear what your your score for Jan Moss slash David Esseldorn would be. I, yeah, I'd say 10, 10, or as close to it as you, you could get. I thought the performance was spot on. And the character kept getting more interesting. Because at first I thought it was just going to be like the cold, distant, I'm just objective logical. But that wasn't what it was. It was just he's super honest and straightforward. But he screams when everyone else screams. He cries, too. So I just thought he was an like he, he was far more interesting yeah. than I expected him to be when I met him. Yeah, actually, I'll put it that way. Now that you say that, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. Yeah, that's true. He could have been a robot, but he wasn't. Exactly. He really he was a yeah, fully yeah, yeah. developed human. It's just that he was Dutch. Uh, fascinating. <laughs> it's just that he was Dutch. Love yeah. That. That's a real, it's a real thing. Um, okay. Ready? You got, you're going to enjoy this. I think I know the answer to this, but, uh, Will Kitman played by Charlie Hiscock. Another. Another 10-10, I think. Or, or a 9-10, maybe, yeah. but yeah. I'd go 10-10. I thought, again, I thought could have sort of been, could have been a fine character. And I think on most shows would have been. Just, you know, okay, great. He has a couple funny lines. But, um, yeah. You- I, 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 I felt like we watched him grow, too, but subtly for all the huge arcs we've seen. I thought we just saw him grow up a bit. Like he felt a lot more like a kid when we met him. When when uh, they're playing the joke on uh, Nate, mm-hmm. and by the end, he still he still will. But I feel like you know, yeah, guy's been through uh, the red light district. Little mm-hmm. threesome action. Uh, you know, he's listening in on. Uh, he now he's like part of the Jamie Roy relationship bizarrely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. It wor- it worked for me. I, and also, I'd, I, I don't know if he made it happen, but when he had the chance to hang out with the head of football operations, he was like, "Yes, let's do that. That sounds great." Done. Okay, this um, is. I was gonna. I, I was gonna jump into this. Oh, go ahead, boss. Finish your thought. Sorry, I thought. Sorry, just wanted to uh, mention that uh, Twitter account Coach Beard's Book Club pointed out yesterday that Beard's first name is Willis, so Willis Beard. So Will is Beard. Will is Beard. Yeah, right. 
So mm-hmm. th- they had the second season, uh, what you're talking about, Willis, which is when Ted actually like gave us Beard's first name and we didn't realize it. And also Will is Beard. Oh, <laughs> that, that seems, no, no, that seems like, that seems like magical thinking to me, but whatever. Okay. I, I'm I just saying, mean, I don't know that they planned it. Yeah. I'm just saying. Will I mean, did do yeah. a phenomenal job as Beard. And and I I will never get tired of that. Uh, Beard did a phenomenal job as Will when he didn't catch the bottle that he threw in the air. That's and then true. The moment they did. of they were the they were really good swapped. at each other. But the moment where the best moment of that whole thing was get the fuck out of my chair. Oh no question. <laughs> hey, that that might have been the best moment of season three as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> no, it was yeah as we said it. I mean it was as perfect a delivery. Like you could say there are other delivery of jokes that were was on that level, but I can't like how could it have been delivered any better than it was? Like, now the, for the, me, the, yeah. I'm slightly less satisfied overall with the Will Kitman than you guys are because I didn't know for a fact that he had a threesome. We didn't get him in the final montage. I wanted to see him, uh, Jamie and Roy. Like we could have put Will at the barbecue at the little cookout. Fish with bowls. fish bowls. Yeah, I really, really wanted fish bowls moment. But also, I have a question about Will. So it felt very strange to me in the finale when um, the assistant kit man came in and was invited to be back in the Diamond Dogs. And Will wasn't. And I was like, oh, this is interesting because Will's hung out with Higgins and there's like a bond there. And I was like, how come Will is not in the Diamond Dogs now? Because that seems very... Not in keeping call. with their, yeah. with their, whatever. Yeah. So I, so yeah. I do have a little, I would and he say would I'm fit about, in. yeah, oh, he, he'd be great and he'd be great for it. I also remember the mm-hmm. moment where Zava said, I too was a kid man when I was 11 years old or something. And he's like, I'm 27 or 25. <laughs> <laughs> that is like, that is, it was such a great delivery, great beat. Oh God. Comedy is so hard to do. This show does not get enough credit. I know people are going to nitpick at this point in the, in the, in the, in the, in the game, but man, those little beats are so hard to do. Comedy is always hard. Um, did one of you have something to say before I move on to the next one? No. Shaking heads. No. All right, undo your mics, people. All right. Sorry, force I have it. Oh. Right. Look go. at us. Look at that. You're in sync. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure Rich, Rich, Richard Montlar, sp- uh, played by Stephen Manas. Seven. I liked them a lot, but, you know, I, I, I didn't think they, like, I thought he did some great things, but I didn't necessarily feel like, like, I kind of feel like I did get to know Will, like, in a fundamental way. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really feel like I got, you know, the, the sand from the first beach where he had sex with the supermodel. Like, there were funny lines and yeah. things I appreciated, but I didn't think it was like, you know, I really got to know him or know how he grew. Yeah. he it, it, The notes he played were good, but he only played a few of them. He was French, and he had sex with a lot of women, and he didn't want to eat Dutch food. I would rather die. As a Frenchman, mm-hmm. I would rather die. Come on, that was beautiful. I, I, okay. I, I that whole scene. Was I'm like brilliant. a ten on Richard. I just loved him, um, and, and I got enough of him for whatever reason. I got exactly what I needed from him, um, and also I've been playing Enjoy by Techno a lot since the Ola scene. I've been playing it sort yeah. of on a loop, mm-hmm. sort of you in a way that. One thing about ADHD is we can 
and I think this is, this may be universal, but people can write in and tell me. Um, I know that I can like get hooked on a song or get hooked on a show or get, get really hooked. And it doesn't irritate me the way it irritates. Like people are like, you still playing that fucking song? Like, yeah. but no, I'm yeah, like, no, no, I want to be in this. I can mo- play a song. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then I'll wake up oh, yeah. playing it in my brain. Um, but, uh, producer, uh, Dustin Rolls, uh, the, the f- f- co-founder of Pajiba. He wakes up with two songs, one of two songs in his head every day. And I can't remember, but they're terrible songs. And I think it's so funny. So I don't think it's ADHD, but it's like one of them is like, oh God, it's like closing time or something. You know, like it's not like the, the worst shit you've ever heard, but it's like an earworm from the 90s. Uh, and one of them is like, you know, a vanilla race. I, 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 I like, uh, no, Sugar Ray. I'm sorry. Oh, Sugar Not, Ray. I'm I was sorry. like, yeah, oh, Vanilla Ice Sugar Ray. I see what you mean. Yeah, there. Vanilla Ice Sugar. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like a, it's like a Sugar Ray. And I, like, what I'm saying, they're not bad artists. I, I think they're both fine. I just, it's one of those songs where you're like, oh, you heard on the radio a lot when you were younger and he just can't get it out of his brain. I should, I gotta remember because he's told me before what they are. But yeah, I've been playing Enjoy by Techno quite a bit since the dancing Ola and Sam scene. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, there's that beat where Richard comes out and you just see the back of him, but he's got more wine and he mm-hmm. kind of dances. And, the table. Oh, yeah, he's walking up yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, Oh, I just really loved him in that moment. And the fact that he donated cases of wine, he's not the best, but he's very good. Um, okay. Isaac McAdoo played by Cola Bikini. 10. 10, 10, 10. Come on. Like I wish like, like it almost makes me wish we, this is the whole thing. Like, yeah, these are all tens. And you're like, but some part of me wants Isaac to get like 11 or 12 because he's so, so good. Um, Ola Obasanya. For me, by the way, when he, the scream as they celebrated his goal that went through the back of the net. Yes. I'm not quite sure why I, like, we've seen celebrations on this show, like, and great stuff and great acting. I'm not sure what he drew on at that moment. What, moment in his life or if he imagined himself winning an Emmy or an Oscars. I don't know what he, but I that was a moment where I was like that is exactly what it feels like when mm. you pull off something in sports. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. what it was about it. Like it just it I was like that is exactly it's just like Mind blowing. Like, like, I don't even think he could have formed a sentence at that moment. And I just thought, like, wow, that's a great, great, great uh, moment. As like the guys are jumping on his back and stuff. It was great. We we had to go past it very quickly on the rapid response. But um, when Danny hands him the ball, he goes, "What the fuck, bro?" And I was like, like what? <laughs> "What do you want me to do with this thing?" Like, you may as well have handed him like a tool he didn't like, a, like a right, like right, an right, impact right. hammer. He'd be like, <laughs> "I don't understand what is happening right now." Like, he's never taken it at any level. That's it. Talk about as you've been in a box your whole life. I mean, mm-hmm. then his teammates put him put him out of Danny gives it to the captain, and then Colin goes, hey, "Have some fun," which is, I mean, I'm what. I, I will always love this show. I will be a stalwart defender. I love it so much. But I, one of the reasons I want to go through these characters is when you look at the, you know, sometimes they say, uh, you look at the sum of its parts. The parts are so goddamn good. And one of the big things I appreciate and that I want people to remember is how great 
how iconic, how well-drawn these characters are. And then with the great characters that we really feel like we understand and know how great the performances were. So next one. Oh, oh, go ahead, Coach. Yeah. I was going to pause you for one second, Coach, because I was searching for it and I was just a little slow, but I, I really feel compelled to call this out. We, in season one, and it was Make Rebecca Great Again, the song Strange is playing at the end of the, uh, during that whole sequence when Roy runs away from Keely and as, um, Sassy shows up and we see Rebecca waiting for her guy. And that song, I don't know what about it grabs a hold, grabbed a hold of me. If it was the emotion of the scenes, if I don't, but I play, that became a song I would play and just meditate. I would just let it play on a loop and I would just sit quietly and meditate with that song playing it's strange by celeste and i've loved the music throughout this and it's just eclectic and just some brilliant choices but i thought that um that song just blew me out of the water so anyway it's on if you're uh, on apple music it's on the ted lasso music from ted lasso season one and uh yeah i just thought it was brilliant yeah, I feel like we still need to do a music episode because I remember yeah, that song being for really sure. good. And just since everybody else has talked about their songs, I have been listening to uh, Grease in Your Hair from the Nationals' new album. Every mm. goddamn, all I literally was cooking last night and dancing in the kitchen. Like, honestly, that is a thing I do. I was a little bit stoned, but still, that is a thing that I do. I hear Amazing. You. Mm-hmm. I am going to listen to the Nationals specifically because I just, something that's this big, for you, like I feel like I, I just need to be familiar. So I, I, oh. I will report back. That sounds great. So you great. can give me a primer if there's a where I should start or stop or what. But I, I'm very curious. I Plus, can we got send a, you. You don't know this yet, but we got an email a couple of days ago uh, from the Queen of Buttercups, uh, Jenna, who who oh, said yeah. right after she, I had celebrated her booking the tickets to the Women's World Cup, which totally aligns her with Coach and I. She she heard you talk about the national. She's like, oh my god! I had right before that she had just bought tickets to see the national yes. in Am- in Amsterdam. Oh so, shit! Yeah. Oh, good for her. That's and amazing. Lest lest I give away too much here, I reached out to Dr. Jenna and I said, "Hey, Queen of Buttercups, would you possibly come on the show for a couple minutes and just say hello?" And she has agreed to. So, Yay! and one of our future uh special very special episodes, she will she will join us and and say hello. So, I really right. want people to understand you're not listening alone. It's the, it's a big part of of what we do and why we do it. And I know it's a one-way medium, um but the people you are listening with all over the world are are tremendous and we keep getting uh, affirmation of that. Um, let's, uh, let's keep going here. I'm going to just blast through because we have a lot of people mm-hmm. to get through and, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I don't want this to go too, too, too long. Um, Ola Obasanya played by Nonzo and Nosy. Come on now. It, obviously 10, 10, unless we're going to, I didn't think you were going to give him 10 boss, but okay, good. I'll, I'll definitely take it. I think it's like, he's the best yeah, dad on TV, like ever. Yeah. And that's my, it, yeah. And again, I might have complaints about some of the plots. I have very few complaints about any of the characters. That's interesting. See, I love I, that. I, and I, and I, I like get the distinction. Yeah. And I like that you say yeah. that because sometimes you will be accused of being a hard ass, but that is very generous and um, and that's good. All right. Next one. Uh, no, coach. No. 
I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Zip it. I'll save it. I know. I can't. I, can't, can't, I literally can't help myself. <laughs> I literally cannot help myself. Okay, folks, this is the speed round. Here we go. <laughs> Barbara, played by Katie Wicks. Oh, uh, 10, 10, also 10, whatever. 10. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Uh, this is an interesting one. And remember, it's satisfaction. Um, mm-hmm. Edwin Akufo, played by Sam Richardson. Four, four but ten. Ooh, right. Yes. See, that's where I would be, boss. I thought, I thought his his physical comedy when he was talking about, not in the recent episodes, but the last time where he was like, "I'm gonna shit all over," whatever. That's really hard to pull off. That was stunning that he could make it that good and believable. Mm -hmm. And I was like laughing at it, like, "Wow, that he's shitting on a guy I love." But man, that's funny. Like. His physical mm-hmm. comedy is is amazing. That's hard to do. Um, I don't think I liked him as much in the most recent thing, but not as a actor. As an actor, I thought he was oh, spot on. still great. Yeah, yeah. I probably go six, seven, like some some somewhere a little close to that. But yeah, I I I did think there were some moments that I didn't quite. I didn't. I bought it in the context of this is what we're doing. I didn't necessarily think I I didn't necessarily buy that this character would actually. Like, make all these exact choices. Put it that way. Yeah. Okay. So that's it. Yeah. We're, we can talk about writing distinctions also. Um, May, played by Annette ba- Badland. 10 10. Mm hmm. Come on. Mm hmm. Remember when I was sure they were layered? Do you remember that? I know. The episode? Like, they you gave her like, me, a 41 yeah. second beauty you, you shot. scared me. I'm mm-hmm. like, what is happening? Soft focus. Crazy. Um, okay, uh, Dr. Sharon Fieldstone, played by Sarah Niles. Ooh. I feel like I, I, I'm repeating myself, but also 1010. Oh, really? Yes, yes, yes. Actually, the amount, oh, wow. the amount that I can separate character from plotline, yes, 1010. Yeah, no. I, I, I'd say the same. No, I this really is an interesting her. little yeah, note about her is that Theo Park, uh, who cast the show um she mm-hmm. had a little, her dirty little secret was she she used to be a, an agent and sarah niles was one of her um one of her clients and she oh. kind of snuck her on the show backdoored her on the show because she loved her and she was like i know she's the right i just know it and i think it was a ultimately ended up being a home run yeah. Um, oh yeah uh again this is why the 10 10 thing doesn't work but when i say this name you're going to wish you could say 20, I think, on both counts. Um, Sam Obasanya, played by Toheeb. Oh. Come on. <laughs> come on, man. Do not insult like, me on, by man. making me say it out loud. Yeah, no, I mean. <laughs> I, I don't even know how you can do a better job. Like, if, if you could give uh, Toheeb Jimo, if you could give him, like, a, a performance review, imagine what that would look like. I'm just like, you. all you do is hit home runs Every Everywhere. day, everything mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. is magnificent. And when you kick the grass, when you life. score the goal, yeah. when you when you apologize for cursing, yes. when you get mad about the racism, I mean, it's when you like, run and hug your dad, when when you I mean, mm-hmm. when you oh. are embarrassed because your dad is letting Simmy know that you that you have a crush on her. Also, we never got a little any closure with Simmy, which I, one of the things it's I complained about. I had to actually, I, I, I would I would watch. I was going to say as we were talking about spinoffs, I would watch that spinoff. But quick, one thing that I think has to be called out if we're going to talk about him is his smile. And I love oh, sure. that when Rebecca was going to break it off, she said, oh shit, he's smiling. Because I, yes. am, I, I am not 
to date attracted to men, but I 100% get how if you needed to break up with Sam, you might have to say, don't you dare fucking smile until I'm done. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, that smile mm-hmm. is like otherworldly. Right? Like, like when true. he was singing the, um, the, the, the Sound of Music thing, I was like, who is this person? He has that rare thing where he's adorable and fucking hot. And so you just go, like, give me a break. Dude. Like, cause I'm like, yeah, when, he, when he started becoming a love interest and he did a thing where he kind of just turned on like the, some yes. other gear, I was like, God damn. When she said, God why'd you damn. send me your, ed- your address? And he said, for next, for next time. time. I was like, come on. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. God damn. I, mm-hmm. I listen. Also, we should be like, yo, fuck that guy. We should, we should be so, so jealous and resentful that he got all these beautiful gifts. Also, he's a great athlete. You can tell by the way he runs. He's yeah, a real runner. Yeah. He's, he's a real, real he can really kick he the is. ball. He's a great actor. He's beautiful. He's handsome. He's, he's attractive. He's a love interest. Like, like knock it off. Fucking Toei Jimo. <laughs> damn. Too much. Too much. Um, mm-hmm. Colin Hughes played by Billy Harris. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I loved, and then, yeah, I would have probably, he probably, through the first two seasons, would have been more in the seven, maybe six range. Like, fun, funny lines, you know, my doctor told me not to drink because he takes a, a beer. Beer, to, yeah. To his, yep, yep, you know, yep. good, good stuff. But yeah, I thought when he gave that speech alone, when he said, you know, I just want to be able to kiss my fella. I was mm-hmm. like, wow. It, he, I think he rose to the occasion in season three when they gave him more meat on the bone. But yeah. also, I, we, we, if you go back and listen to the, the podcast starting from the beginning, we kept calling out in certain places, especially the difficulty of pulling off certain lines that they gave him. No, no different than Jeremy Swift as Higgins, mm-hmm. where they were like, these are tough. These are actually, yeah. if, to, to make this work, mm-hmm. you have to have some chops. Mm-hmm. And he, he really had some chops. Um, all right, here's another one. You guys aren't going to, I don't think you're going to have a very positive reaction to this, uh, this one. Uh, so a character known as Danny Rojas played by Cristo Fernandez. Who? No, 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 Danny Rojas. Rojas. Come on, man. Uh, this is, um, it's not ringing any bells. I don't, <laughs> yeah, no, no. They probably, probably didn't I, leave any impression on, on anyone, I'm thinking. It's a 1010 and also a very quick story that I was texting with my mom about uh, Ted Lasso over the past couple of weeks. And she was wondering about why I felt some ways about some things. And one of the things she said was, I did like that Jamie had the poster of the gruff ex-soccer player. And I was like, Kathy, do you mean Roy Kent? Because they say Roy Kent, he's here. Come on. That's great. So sometimes that happens. But also, Danny's a 10-10. Come on. Yeah. All right. Uh, This might be an issue. I'm I'm interested to hear this one. Um, Jade, played by Adita Budnick. Mm. The performance was great. Yeah. Go, yeah, sorry, love ahead, and no, go, love the ahead, performance, boss. but um, I there were things about our character I loved so much, but also every time I looked at her, I was like, I don't understand why you're here. I don't understand it. Yeah, something didn't add up for me. I, five, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, even a five, four, ten. But performance, I, I'd say like eight, 
like nine, maybe eight or nine. I really maybe. want to follow her career and see where she goes next because I think she was unfairly painted by the level that most viewers didn't like the pacing of the Nate yeah. subplot. And so she's yes. going to be unfairly she's sort of, bear the brunt of yeah. tainted. Yeah. In yeah. 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 That, yeah, that's um, a good point. Rupert Mannion played by Anthony Head. Hmm. Oh man! Certainly ten performance. Absolutely ten performance. Because I hate I I hated yeah. him, and if I if I see Anthony Head in the street, I will have to remind myself that he is not. <laughs> That's what people were saying. I will whoop your ass. There's yeah. a character that was universally hated in um, Game of Thrones named Joffrey, and um, people with this poor guy. People would like Do people like yeah. just curse go around the, the street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like a like yeah. a kid, like this poor poor guy. But yeah, Jack, Anthony poor, had but Jack Leeson. Yeah, Jack Leeson, right? And everybody um, says he was like the actually the absolute nicest guy, like sweetest yeah. little kid. V- very bright, um, lovely, on. lovely human being. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so much to say about him, but yeah, we'll we're going to come back. We'll, we'll, listen, we're going to yeah, deep yeah, dive. Yeah, yeah. No, For I anyone know, wondering why we're glossing over this, this is not a deep dive. We're going to deep dive. This is a very special episode, hearkening back to. I think I heard this first with different strokes. What you talking about, yeah. Willis? So mm-hmm. maybe there's a uh, there's all sort of uh, there's triangles here. Um, Jane Payne hmm. played by Phoebe Walsh. Oh God. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to hear again, everyone listening. We're going to have a, the, the poll up. Please go to the show notes and let us know how you feel. There's going to be open responses as well. So I really want to hear how everyone felt about these characters now that the, uh, the book is capillaries popping in my yeah. brain right now. So that there's that. Um, I'd go six character. And I, I could almost give different scores for different episodes, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And maybe a n- nine to ten performance, because I think she delivered what the character... Like, I didn't think she missed on what the character was supposed to be. I just didn't always yeah, quite yeah. land with that. And I think in um, Phoebe Walsh's defense... or maybe not her specifically, but just my reading of Jane's character is at the end of, or not the end, uh, uh, season two, when Higgins goes to say to Beard, like, does she make you a great man? Mm -hmm. I feel like that was supposed to be exit for Jane as a character. But then Mm -hmm. they were given two additional episodes. They did Beard After Hours and Beard After Hours ends with them reconciling and being in love, really loving each other, which means that for the rest of season two and season three, we had sort of this mixed up character who for most of season two was supposed to be bad for Beard and maybe abusive and we should be getting rid of her. And then in season three, it's like, how do we reconcile what we know about her with her being in love with Beard? So a complicated character there are a lot of things i really 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 love i still have to give it about a six overall though because it was so messy as to be unclear performance 10 character messy okay got it i think that's 
Uh, yeah, we're going to have to. I mean, let's give uh, Phoebe Walsh a lot of credit too. Like, produce, she was named as a producer. I forget which level of which tier producer, but she was writing credits on this show, yes. acting. Mm-hmm. I mean, just multi, multi talented person. She, uh, she wrote all apologies. She wrote the scene with Beard in the pub giving the speech and then right. wrote herself into it. And that is actual and magic to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's your, that's your kind of move, boss. It's my like jam. Um, mm. Higgins, played by Jeremy Swift. Oof, see? This is where I'm going to go with a 6.5, but also a 10 performance. Ooh. I have my issues with Higgins. I think he's great, but I have my issues. Oh, I would definitely want to have that conversation. I, I, I'd put him in the 10-10 club, but I'm very curious to hear more about that. Um, Zava, played by Max- Maximilian Ozinski. 10-10. <sighs> you said 10-10? I said 10-10. Ooh. I'm, I, I did not expect that. I I'd thought you would not. I thought you'd be unsatisfied. Yeah, I think I, I'm going. I'm going to yeah. go six ten on that. I thought they. I, yeah, they were, and 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 I'll admit that this may be uh, the equivalent of the Ted Becker truthers, where I I had some thoughts on what could happen with Zava, and it didn't, and so mm, I was disappointed. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they never told me that was gonna, like I decided yeah. that was going to happen. But if I my reaction six ten, yeah. I also mentioned this past weekend at my niece's birthday party that uh, to a friend of mine about how in real life Zava, not on the show that he was bad looking, but in real life, just incredibly attractive. And my buddy said, really? Because he he seems like a little bit of a dirt ball. And I was like, yes, no, exactly. That is that is my type. That is the thing. That is why. So, yeah, I love it. Oh, you're like. I thought Clean he was cut a, doesn't ruin your credit. Yeah, Hello. Come on. No, definitely not. Like I thought that he was just like a a beautiful little bizarre angel who flittered into our lives and then left. Of all of the like in and out characters, uh he was yeah. the one I was okay with. Interesting. Okay. Um what about I'm scrolling now through I went to IMDb instead because I've I the other one was just missing too 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 many people. Um Okay, uh, sorry, I'm scrolling up real quick. Mm-hmm. What about Precious Mustafa as Simi? Yeah. Um, did you feel satisfied? Because I didn't. I definitely did not feel satisfied. I thought she was great. I loved her. Uh, the mm-hmm. acting I thought was spot on. But I was like, did I feel satisfied? Yeah. With the- no. So that is the thing. I loved what I saw from her. I loved mm-hmm. especially when she was telling Sam, like, you need to tell what's her face, BB or PP or whoever it was that like stand up, fight, do it. Do not smile at her. Uh, I love that. I did feel like we needed more. So mm-hmm. probably like a three, 10 at three, nine, four, eight, somewhere around there. I'll go nine, you know, for similar reactions. One thing I would say, I, I would stress the nine on the, the acting she did so much with her face. Yes. Yep. Like, you know, that's not something that people generally, you know, like, oh, the Emmy for best face acting. Mm-hmm. But I, I just thought, like, you read all sorts of emotions. Often it felt to me like conflicting emotions. Um, so I thought that was very cool. And even some of the flirtation. Mm-hmm. I thought it had adult an adult nuance to it. It wasn't just like, oh, Sam's so cute, and you can see that I'm just smitten. Like it was, <laughs> it had a lot more to it, and like, yeah, I, I, I liked her. I would watch that spinoff, as I said. I, oh, if you for told sure. me we're gonna have a spinoff about Olas and these two figuring it out, I would watch that. 
Remember when I said speed round? Because that was sick. Yeah. And and um, I mean, we haven't got to like you know. I mean, it's fine. Listen, if you guys just take take your time. I fine. don't understand why you would say let's do a deep dive on this podcast that's going to last three hours where we talk about literally every single thing and then be like, you guys aren't moving fast enough. Come on now. Yeah, I tell them. I am full of mixed messages, aren't I? Um, let's do Jack Danvers, played by Jody Balfour. <sighs> Two and an eight. <laughs> I like that. Coach just said, uh oh. That was like oh. such a, like, oh boy. That was like super close go. to being an actual Scooby Doo rut row. <laughs> it really um, was, yeah. Three, I don't know if it would be for all the same reasons, but the character I had a number of issues with. Um, and performance, yeah, seven. There's a case to be made that Jodie Balfour is the highest profile actor to come onto the show. She's certainly, I mean, exceptional in other shows. Uh, for right. All Mankind, she was amazing. Where I'm like, I'm not sure this helped her. St- I don't think her stock went up. No, I, I would think, no. if anything, it just this will be something that people don't mention when they're running down what she's done. Yeah, that, I think that's a bummer because I think she was put in a, in a tough spot here. Um, okay, uh, let's see. What about um, Lloyd Shelley, played by Peter Landy? I had two and an eight, but again, we're getting into all the characters now that I don't care about. Right, but this is good. I really want. I, yeah. I like the reason Fire. I said satisfied is because this will inform discussions later on. Once we say, okay, what you know, twos, fives. Threes, that that means something. When you say uh, yeah. 10, 10, you go, okay, I felt I felt like it was wrapped up well. Again, uh, let's t- let's say uh, Mary Ross. Uh, no, not Mary Ross. Sorry. Um, let's look at. Um, sorry. Uh, let's say Kieran O'Brien, who played James Tart Senior. This is going to be hard. Probably a 1-7. I was not happy. I did not care for it. I'll go pair of eights. Oh, pair of eights. Eight satisfaction. Okay, I can't wait to talk about that. Keely Hazel, yeah, who played Bex. Ooh. Mm. Six. I feel like the Seven? character was not a character so much as a prop for Rupert. So I don't know, three ish. Yeah, although maybe I maybe it's more of that. I did like the performance. So I don't know, like a three seven. Okay. Um oh, yeah. Sorry. Did, no, I was gonna be badly behaved. Go. Keep going. K- KJPR's <laughs> KJPR's own Dan, played by Darren Strange. Mm. Seven ten. It, it, yeah. Uh, well, actually, actually, no. You know what? Like a I two for me, or a one. Like I yeah. wanted a way more from Dan than I got. I was like, oh, oh. when he started yeah. Per- yeah. pontificating yeah. about love, love is love, and I was like, what? What does he have cooking underneath the surface? Then he would quit, and I'm like, this guy's got a lot of stuff, and I'm like, I just didn't get it. I want, I want to see. The the edit reel, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they shot footage wise of the KJPR mm. people that ended up on the cutting room floor. Um, uh, Michelle Lasso played by Andrea Anders. Oh boy, 
Um, all things considered, like a seven ten. But I do love Andrea Anders. I'm gonna surprise myself even and say four seven eight. Interesting. I have I have some major love- issues with the Michelle character. Yeah. Like, yeah, not just like, oh, I don't like that she did that. Like, I, I there's some things about the character that I was like, I think not- Michelle has to have her own episode. We have to do like a whole deep dive on the on all the Michelle yeah. scenes. Um, what about uh, Patrick Bellotti as John Wings Knight? <laughs> uh, Be very careful um, here because our friendship lies in the balance. Yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> I, the, uh, yeah, so like an uh, an eight ten, I feel like. I, it's so funny. I was gonna say seven ten. So yeah. yeah, that's about that's about where I would land with it. All right, what about? And I didn't mind, and I didn't mind that um, the the finale. Uh, it's not even a cameo because it was like, but I I didn't mind how he was used in the finale, and, fe- and that featured, could have gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. Like, if I had been in the room, I probably would have said, guys, are we sure we want the ball that Isaac kicks mm-hmm. to hit Wings Night? Are we mm-hmm. sure? Mm-hmm. But it, it, I, I was in. I was definitely in. What about um, Dr. Jacob Bryanson, played by Mike O'Gorman? Uh, a one, now, and I'm going to have to give the actor a 10 because I dislike him so intensely. I, I'm conflicted because I'm wondering if the fact that I, like, hate him uh, it means <laughs> that's a credit good to job. the acting, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Like, so it's a good performance, but th- there was, yeah, I, 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 I'll go six nine. All right, six nine. Flo Sassy Collins, played by Ellie. Ten. Yeah, I can't believe it. Really? Yay. Oh my God. I, I love so Sassy. Recency bias. She could do no wrong. Recency bias. So I adore, right. I have always adored her. The only, what we said before about Ted Baca truthers and shippers and how they really wanted it. And we don't have to fight about that. And these things are all true. I will say that there is a very, very small subset of the Ted Baca truthers who attacked Sassy because she represented some sort of obstacle to Ted and Rebecca getting together. Oh, really? Yeah. And I hated it. That yeah. is not about us disagreeing on what the show should be doing. That is when you say that Sassy's character was a bad friend to Rebecca because she like continued abusing Rebecca because she said Rebecca needed to stand up for herself about what she did in the marriage. Yes, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it so much. I love Sassy and I will die on this hill with my sword for her. She's amazing. Oh, I, I I would you know I haven't done a lot of the online and yeah, I, no, I have good for Twitter. you. Anyway, but, um, yeah, no, I adore Sassy. And even when she told Ted they couldn't date, as much as I was like, no, because I already yeah. decided you're going to date. Um, it was more that I was sad, like, for Ted as a character, because I thought that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm in. All the way yeah, in on Sassy. I'm nowhere near with you guys. Nowhere near. We're, I, we're far I, off on that. So, um, so silly. Yeah, but she, I can't. she is so dramatic silly. But our, our listener community really, really uh, agrees with you, by the way. When we talked about the spinoff he's most likely to see, Sassy was way, way up there. And I think, like... I could totally see that. She ha- You know, when uh, Rebecca's like, she's never wrong. 
like, or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, whatever. So I, I'm like, Oh, I wish, wish we got to see a little bit more of that. Yeah. And I liked, she had kind of a dirty sense of humor. Like, Oh, you know, when they said like, uh, yes. Know, can you imagine my, my ex-wife dating her therapist? She's like, Ted, I'm a therapist. Like, so yes, twice. I've seen that. Like I'm a yeah, child, child psychologist or whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, child psychologist. Yes. Uh, yep. little character called Keely Jones played by Juno Temple. Oh. <sighs> Uh, in the very mm. end, 10-10. We have to deep dive herself. that because yeah. there's a lot to talk it's, about about her choosing herself. We have to deep dive that. How it played out for people and what it means if you were if you resented it. And so all these different things I want to talk about. You guys are both 10-10 on Keely, right? Yeah. Love Keely. Uh, Jamie Tart, played by Phil Dunster. Obviously. 10-10. Uh, Leslie Higgins, played by Jeremy Swift. 10 Did we do this one? We did that one. Did uh, we do okay. Leslie? I switched. Yeah. Did we? I think so we did anyway, that Anyway, do one. it again. Refresh my memory. That's right. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I said I, I had issues. I switched your websites. So, uh, we need maybe, to talk uh, about it. Yeah. And I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what happened eight minutes ago. Um, <laughs> uh, what about Nathan Shelley played by Nick Muhammad? Oof. Oh. Nick. Nick specifically. I'm so sorry. I have to Ooh. go... 210. Nick is an amazing performer. I've mentioned him being startled and being surprised and how hard that is. I do not care about Nate. I, I, I don't, the character didn't work. I, I'm I'd go eight, I go seven, eight, and 10 on performance. But yeah, that, another another one I'm done. I'm very excited to uh, come around. I can't to wait to get, yeah, we're going to pull, peel the onion on that one um, to use a terrible, terrible corporate term. Um, uh, what about um, Coach Beard, played by Coach Willis Beard, played by uh, Brennan Hunt? Coach Willis Beard. I mean, off the chart, ten ten for sure. You're satisfied. I mean, ten, you're satisfied. Satisfied. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, oh, I, I thought. I mean, for me, the man has the- a, a suitcase full of rice, and you're full, fine with that. Okay, just want to make oh, sure. Yeah. No, no. I mean, ah, look. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Even as last for me, even the last moment, and I get where for some it was, you know, but I just thought, yeah, you know, if Beard wants off the plane, he can get off a plane. He knows he, he'll he he undo something. Like I, as soon as he threw that water in his own face, I was like, oh shit! Like we're- <laughs> if you're saying to me, Uh-oh. you get to Coach Castle, and you get to write the next Ted Lasso. I think I would write Beard the Prison Years. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know, but I'm like, I'm, I'm no, doing it to no. twist the name of boss. But also, is- like, you just go, well, there's there's a lot a lot of meat on that bone. But let's finish up quickly. Um, yes. Yeah. No, 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 we don't have time. Sorry, Uh-oh. boss. Oh, wait, God, wait, I wish wait, we could wait. hear what you had to say. Hold on, because I didn't do <laughs> mine. I, would be, I bet it would be wonderful. Oh, look at the time. I, Jeez. Okay, all right, go ahead. I understand. Oh. 3.10. Oh, my. I can't believe. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. This is your favorite guy. Wait, coming. We don't I don't even have know to talk if I'm going to see three I know. Oh, God, I might cry. God, three times. Oh, my God. I, I, I still, yeah. I st- it's still, the yeah. love is still there. Wow. It's just, okay. we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Roy Kent, played by Brett Goldstein. Oof. Uh, nine, ten, eight, ten. ten. Eight, ten. Uh, 
little known character here, uh, Rebecca Welton, played by the oh. exceptional Hannah Waddingham. Waddingham, Waddingham. I think I, I think it's Waddingham. Actually, I think she didn't she correct somebody saying it's not Waddingham. It's Waddingham. Ham. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't care. But um, yeah, whichever it is, she is Ham. phenomenal. Like, yeah. I I just wish you could uh, like if I, I I I would invite a hologram of her to be part of my family if it were socially acceptable. <laughs> is that she is so delightful. And then she hosted sure. the Euros, and you're like, is she just kind of sucky? And then she mm-hmm. no, no. No, like right, not, right. not that I was coming into it thinking that, but I'm like, oh, it's just an act. She can't possibly be this great. And then you like see mm-hmm. her as a real human, and you're like, oh my god, is she better? How is this possible? So yeah, yes. I'm a, she's a amazing. Big love affair. Um, I mean, we'll do the deep dive when we do it, but I just have to applaud her performance in the stands when she and Ted. I mean, mm-hmm, that con- mm-hmm. when Listen. when her voice cracked on that would not be enough money to the money would not be enough to to reward him or to pay him for what he's meant to the club that's a moment that is one of the moments that keeps me from the second viewing because that was beautiful i I think all i think the finale i think if we go back and watch it uh coach never will but if we ever go back and watch it and i think (laughs) if we have some distance from it i think we will look at it and it'll almost feel like a flex for hannah waddingham because she was so mm. – it almost was unfair how her acting in this almost made people, like, look like they weren't as good. I was like, Jesus mm. Christ. She was so, so on it. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah people yeah, were yeah, talking, yeah. like, that she's really crying. Like, this is not – you know, oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, like, you just oh, go, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah, too yeah. much here for – anyway. What a what – a, Well, I mean, that's her that, – that, that is Hannah talking to Jason. That's what it like felt like. Just the way that she yeah, talked yeah, about the show yes. in, and how it's impacted her life yeah, and everything that's else. What, yeah. yeah. No, that felt Isn't really it nice real. when, like, good people yeah. get ahead? You just don't see it that often. I know. And yeah, you just, like, I want know. to root for it. Like, I, will, yeah. I would, like, I, I would pay money to watch her read the phone book. Like, as she is exactly. just, sure. just, just, just worthy of Just screaming ev- about a black Amex <laughs> card <laughs> every time. I don't, I don't care. What are you, a fucking character from the Bible? Exactly. Yes. All day. All day long. All day long. So good. Uh, Finally, Ted Lasso played by Jason Sudeikis. Uh, 510. You know my feelings. I get it. And we'll have that conversation, but 1010 for me. Okay. That is it for us today. Um, I have to, I, I, I want to end by saying a quick thank you to all of our listeners. You are the best people in the world. I know I say it and you think I don't mean it, but this is, if anybody who knows me knows, I will not say it if it's not true. And we, you have made this silly little thing become a uh, international uh, success. And here's what's funny. We don't, I don't know how to podcast. I don't know any of this stuff. We just wanted to talk. And this is basically, you're getting an insight into how we talk to each other all the time. And we just Mm -hmm. basically recorded it instead. Um, but what's happened is we've gotten the love and support of like minded people all over the place. And we've become aware of certain rankings and things like that, which are so funny. And I want to say, even being ranked, we're like, wait, what the hell is this? Like, because it feels Zava-esque where you go, yeah, I don't listen to the pundits. It's weird. But I will celebrate one thing. We've never been number one anywhere. So we rank basically in the TV and film category and we rank in the, um, in the, uh, uh, after show category. We're really high in the after show category somehow. 
And what I think is the, the best part about this is that I didn't even know there were ranks in the after show category. We, we, we got up to as high as number two in New Zealand. That was our top, our top ranking was, was, uh, we mentioned on one of the podcasts. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two in New Zealand, but we are number one, number one with a bullet in, you'll never guess it. Lithuania. Yeah. We are the number one after show podcast in Vilnius. Fuck. And I, I just go, how, 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 it's just amazing. Um, so we say Labas and, um, uh, Sveikas to our friends in Vilnius. Uh, we thank them wow. for listening and we say, um, thank you for having the, being the, the, uh, the homeland of one of my favorite uh, fictional characters, Subcaptain Marco Alexandrovich Remius, who was the Sean Connery character in Hunt for Red October. Oh, wow. Nice. Is, yeah, yeah. And so I've always wanted to go to Vilnius. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. So no, I'm going to f- I'm gonna further tell Lithuania that they better watch the fuck out because next year I'm planning uh, an Eastern slash Central European trip. I don't know where yet, but now that I know... This is my people. I'm putting it on the list. You might see me. I might I might come storming in. Just watch out. Yeah. No, no. This is the thing. We want you to connect. We want people to, to, to join us. You are part of a community. It's not just us. It's you listening plus everyone else who is listening with you. Um, I sometimes will talk about for a long time, Seattle was our top city, uh, and other, other cities have roared past. So Seattle's got a, we love Seattle still, but interestingly enough, our top city is Los Angeles, California. The most listeners in Los Angeles. Second is New York. Third is Chicago. So the big three in America makes makes a lot of sense. That makes sense. Woo! Our fourth, you'd never believe it, Melbourne. Melbourne oh in Victoria really? in Australia, which is great. It makes me so happy because G'day. It's all the Derek fans. I'm telling you, I've had some of the best times of my life in Australia. Oh, I can't wait to go back. I love it so much. Fifth, Our fifth top city, Sydney, New South Wales. Two of our top five cities are Australians. And uh, my God, I, I get so excited because I just love Australians and I love the time. It makes me so, it just makes me so happy that we have the reach and we have friends down there. And I, if you're in the, if you're hiding and you're lurking, please come out, support us, get an email from me so that when I come to visit Australia, we can hang out and drink. And uh, I don't drink much, but I will drink in Australia because <laughs> it is <laughs> holy shit. The people are great. Um, my God, so so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. That's it for us today. Uh, I want to thank everybody for supporting us. I hope you've enjoyed this very special episode. Uh, please go into the description and join us by doing the uh, the poll, the questionnaire, whatever you call it. Um, it's going to be fun, like last time. And it gives us an idea about what people uh, sort of feel about the ending of the show and, and how they how they sort of are, are putting everything in perspective. And the last thing I'll say is we are beginning the process of figuring out what we are going to cover next. And this is a big – this is really going to transition from – we're going to put an emphasis more on the deep diving because that's what we do. We like to deep dive. We like to analyze, but then we also like to, to step back and connect it to our daily existence and what people are going through and personalize it because uh, entertainment in all of its facets uh, ultimately is absorbed by humans and it's the messiness of humanity that really makes it interesting. So 
join us in the in the in the poll in the questionnaire tell us what you want us to do next tell us what you're looking for tell us what you're hoping for give us any insights that we've missed so we can share with the rest of the listener community and thank you for being a part of just a tremendous a tremendous amount of people who are again looking for something beautiful and unique and interesting in a world where sometimes that feels a little fleeting um coach where do people find you if they want to find you Gonna switch it up a little bit this time. Uh, you can find me where probably wherever you're uh, catching this podcast with uh, my own podcast, Unstuck AF, and which where I talk to uh, friends and folks about times they've been stuck in their lives and how they got through it, and hopefully with some lessons everybody can take and apply to their own lives. So that's Unstuck AF wherever you get your podcast. Boss, what about you? Um, on Twitter at dumbly underscore chambers. Um, and I've had a few people send me DMs and interact and please do that. Please come through. I love it. Um, uh, Chris, listener Chris sent me a Twitter thread yesterday that I love that I want to talk about at some point. Um, so please hit me up. Um, and also at writing for the antagonist, some stuff about Ted Lasso, some other stuff. And that is antagonistblog.com. And that's it for us today. We thank you all for listening, for being a part of this amazing community, for joining us in this journey through the world of Ted Lasso, which has been an absolute stunning masterpiece and and, and uh, paradigm-shifting show. Um, we will be back next time with the deep dive. Um, God, I forget where we are, but look on the uh, – This it's too, too hard to ask. <laughs> too hard to ask someone with ADHD to say exactly what stage of the deep dive we are, but um, we are going to finish up the season three. Then we're going to finish uh, the end of season two. And after that, Oh, dealer's choice. Anyone's guess what will be next on our docket, but we've all really become a family here uh, with our listening community. It's, it's, uh, it's so rewarding and it's so wonderful. And thanks for honestly, thanks for being, I know I say it every time, but I say it because we really mean it and this is why we do it and what, what we love. And so, um, uh, it's just, just a beautiful thing that's happened. Um, support the written word, support your local libraries. And until next time, we are Richmond, Richmond till we, till we die. die. That was, you're a bunch of jerks. That was terrible. You did that so bad. Coach. I didn't even you, mean to. Yeah. Yeah. Coach was sl- slowing it up on purpose and bobbing his head. Should we try it again? Should we try it again? Sure. Okay. No, no, I was again. kidding. We're not trying it again. Just so you can make it worse, Coach? Look at it. He's like, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Coach is <laughs> the worst. Uh, now get the hell out of my episode. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next time. The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and The Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.